This is the final 2016 presidential debate recap on CNN. Yes, uh, tonight's debate, I think, was very illuminating. The main takeaways are that uh, Donald Trump will not accept the legitimacy of this election, which seems to be a a, a major threat to our current democracy. Uh, We're having our fact checkers look this over. Anderson, did he say bigly or big league? That's a big controversy. I think he said... Big Lee, which is not a word. Yes, clearly not fit for commander-in-chief. Also revealed to be a puppet for Putin uh, and used the racially offensive term bad hombres. Can I say that? Can I even say that on air? I feel bad just... No, you can say it. It's it's a quote. You can say it. Well, I'm sure that will be all over Twitter tomorrow. Bad hombres is the main takeaway here. Now, what about with Hillary? Um, The WikiLeaks. Never heard of it. Back to you, Jim. Stay tuned for more of the 2016 final presidential debate recap on CNN. You found yourself at the junction where worlds meet. Politics. Civility? How about honesty in this country, folks? Entertainment. I don't like entertainment. And a whole bunch of other stuff. It's about having a healthy body image. You have a very unhealthy body. You should have a horrible body image. Not a big home improvement market in Detroit. <laughs> we are definitely going to get letters. You're listening to Talk Radio's Strangest Animal. You're a strange animal. That's what I know. You're getting louder with Crowder. But you're a strange animal. I got to follow. Oh, I'm in the speedy to Glad to be with you. That is the sound of the weekend. I am your host, Stephen Crowder. All references available at louderwithcrowder.com. Uh, producing with me in video studio, as always, is my wonderful video producer who is not gay. You can follow him on Twitter at NotGayJared. I fulfill my legal obligations, draw your own conclusions. We good? We are good. Good. Uh, right off the bat, mm-hmm. big, huge, show. unbelievable show. It is big. Never heard anything like uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. Ben Shapiro will be coming on here on segment three to talk about the debates last night, where he lines up, what he thought, uh, I guess the results will be the shakeup from that. Colin Noir from the NRA, yep. uh, to get away from all the debate talk a little bit, that's all we're going to be hearing about in the next 48 hours, oh, so gosh. he will talk about Second Amendment, firearm issues, smart guy, good-looking mm-hmm. chap, and then, of course, uh, Courtney Kirchhoff. Our own, toward the end, the good-looking. To talk about her position on Trump. Not Trump. A, she's not a huge fan. But she's uh, she's on the fence. She has some stories about Madonna. Madonna. The scoop. About Madonna and Amy Schumer. And I have some personal stories about Madonna. And the Madonna well, family. Go. The Chaconis. Mm. The Chaconis, they are called. Chaconis. Um, she's a horrible person, Madonna. Yeah, we don't want to leave the, the show. Worst. Oh, we'll no. also have top five films you couldn't make in 2016 yes. later in the show. We have that all assembled. Pretty excited about it. Guess. Send me your tweets at S. Crowder or send your uh, filthy pictures to at Not Gay Jared. He likes those. And we'll read them off uh, later on. <laughs> Top five movies you couldn't make. I think some ones you can predict and some that you may not be able to predict. You know what you don't realize is you tell people to send me these pictures and they don't just disappear after the week and just start with the new ones. They just accumulate. So I'm still getting clown pictures. I'm still getting naked Lennon Dunham pictures. Like all these things. Like they just accumulate every week. I get more and more. That's all your inbox is. It's all it is. I can't. I'm going to just have to leave doing it. Twitter. We want I'm gonna go to South Park and everyone just leave. Just leave. Just 
just leave just being triggered mm -hmm. so we did a live stream of the debates last night uh many 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 thousands of people tuned in thank god the last debate thank god i, I don't know about you i just have uh, election exhaustion yes both not gajer and i are a little tired today because it went late we had to edit it process the video get it up it's like the cw sitcom that should have been canceled three seasons ago that's all cw sitcoms yes pretty much <laughs> um so we have a few clips on the fallout we talked about it going into it we provided some commentary you can consider me Nostradamus. Look at what I talked about beforehand. It's pretty much what we saw in the fallout. We called this one for Donald Trump, not by a huge margin. Uh, but I said I thought it was his best performance. Not a game yet. changer, you would say. I don't know that it's a game changer yet. Yet. And what's important is, you know, we said the first one was Hillary Clinton blowout. Second one, maybe Trump by a hair, uh, which was always reflected in the scientific polls afterward. This one, we said probably Trump more than any other debate, but not by as big a margin as the first one. Mm -hmm. And the polls, uh, uh, the scientific polls, not online polls, seem to reflect that they're kind of split. But there are quite a few that see Trump winning, quite a few that saw Hillary winning. I will say this, for the first time, we saw Hillary not look presidential in the sense that she yeah. looked flustered. She, she got did. personal. She was reading. She had snot dripping from her reptilian blood underneath her her, her <laughs> human suit. It was disgusting. It really was. It was. Sick. Uh, we have Sick a couple clips. What, what clips do we have? Okay. So we do have some clips. Here's something important with the fallout here. We'll just rapid fire through these. Uh, Megyn Kelly, who people hated because she wasn't pro-Trump, but now she's the darling of uh, the Trump supporters because she went after Donna Brazile on the recent James O'Keefe voter fraud. Mm -hmm. uh, sorry, the WikiLeaks as well. I think the clip is about the WikiLeaks. Yes. Donna Brazil uh, works for the DNC. She worked for the DNC, then worked for CNN. Now she's back with the DNC. In case you were wondering about the incestuous relationship, um, I warn you, there's some grammatical errors. That's racist. It's not racist. It's just Donna. It's just Donna Brazil. She can't speak English very well. Let's roll the clip. Steve, any questions from CNN? Let's just be Where'd very you get clear. Uh, where, where did you get uh, it? She was given a question. First of all, before. what information are you providing to me that that will allow me to see what what you're talking about? Everybody, you is, got the is WikiLeaks released a March 12th Podesta email showing you messaging the Clinton campaign with the exact wording of a question asked Such at the March 13th CNN TV Kelly, One town hall debate. Kelly, where did you get it? I, 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 you know, as a Christian woman, I understand persecution, but I will not sit here and be persecuted because your information is totally false. What you're, what you're I'm telling the American people. I'm getting it from Podesta's people, email. What, what you're, what, what you, well, Podesta's emails were stolen. You're so interested in talking about stolen material. So you material, deny it. You're like, you're like a thief that want to bring into the night the things that you found that was in the gutter. I'm right. not. Uh, let me uh, just tell you what CNN. I said. That, was, that got into nonsensical. It, it got, got into Bill Cosby territory. It was just bad. And he got the Brazilian emails and thief for stealing in the night with the gutter and the pudding and I'm the down of Brazil and the bag of Kelly and I'm what bag of Kelly roll against some coffee. It was so bad and so nonsense, so nonsensical. She never denied the authenticity. Here's the deal: nobody doubts that the WikiLeaks are authentic. Yeah. You have people like Marco Rubio who've said, "Listen, Republicans, stop making an issue because it could they could have been hacked by a foreign yeah. government, and that's bad." But she did not make them look better in the favor of Hillary. She, she just kind of looked like Al Sharpton trying to read a teleprompter. She did look very much like Al Sharpton trying to read a teleprompter. So uh, I do like, here's one thing I do think before this debate we talked about. This has absolutely shown the media being in, it just 
in the pocket of Hillary Clinton. Yeah. I think there's a silver lining here no matter what happens. People are seeing this. Even I've talked with my liberal friends are going, yeah, come on. This is this is really obvious here. You just look at the revolving door of DNC, either surrogates or strategists or, or chairmen, women, people, Zs. We don't want to misgender them. Constantly going in and out of NBC um, and Donna Brazil. It's it's so clear at this it point. It is clear. And I think we've, we've talked about how... Trump has painted the easy target on his back of four yes. liberals. That said, I think it would be just as bad, probably, no matter who is running as Hillary. I think they would push. They would push just any as badly, other but candidate. they wouldn't have as much ammo. They wouldn't push any other candidate more than Hillary. Yeah, and yeah. and, and uh, they they you know listen. The one thing too in the WikiLeaks we've talked about, they wanted to run against Donald Trump. They did prop him up. They thought he was their best shot. They could have been wrong, but the Hillary campaign was entirely dependent on running against Donald Trump, and then that's why the media wanted him because they were prepped for him. Mm-hmm. Not even necessarily that he's the weakest candidate. I'm not saying that. They thought so, but they certainly were more prepared for Donald Trump. They made some phone calls and said, all right, we've got some surprises we can drop. What other clips do we have? We have uh, the old oh, hag oh, 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 at uh, the debate herself. At the debate. This was yes. so great. Uh, to me, the big standout where Not Gay Jared and I were just laughing so hard was the issue of, of firearms. <laughs> and speaking of nonsensical, all right, Hillary Clinton. Were you here. extremely upset? Well, I was upset because, unfortunately, dozens of toddlers uh, injure themselves, even kill people with guns, because, unfortunately, not everyone who um, has okay. loaded guns in their homes That's enough. That's enough. We don't even know go anywhere else. Once you're toddlers, <laughs> dozens of toddlers. Dozens. Dozens. First off, toddlers <laughs> with guns. Like, she's making it sound like it's an epidemic. Listen, no one's belittling if a kid gets into dad's gun safe. That's bad. It's funny she used the word dozens, because I use that to, like, insult people. Like, man, Stephen had a huge turnout at his show the night. There were dozens of fans. Right, exactly. Dozens is like, you use that to belittle a number. But it's just, oh, You know what kills more people laughing? in the United States? What's that? Coconuts. Oh, there we go. 150 deaths annually with the coconuts. We've got it up on the screen. Uh, mosquitoes. College <laughs> football. Champagne corks. So they, they want you to think that some little four-year-old in the propeller cap is walking around with an AK. Hillary, you know, Hillary, like they just because they missed the thumbprint in the gun safe, <laughs> and she lost a lot of ground there. I think. I think Trump was smart to go after the Second Amendment issue. I think a lot of people. That's where Democrats will break ranks. Yeah, it was so bad. Let me. We have to rattle through these clips because we we, we want to get off the debates. We'll be talking about it with Ben Shapiro, but I know this is just dominating the news cycle. Dominating the news cycle. Go watch our live stream last night. Final one, Hillary Clinton was avoiding uh, afterward in her plane. She was answering questions. She was all smiles because they had her on her Percocet. And um, <laughs> then the questions came up regarding WikiLeaks and the James O'Keefe videos, which I highly recommend you watch. LotterWithCrowder.com. We ran them. And, uh, well, she wasn't as tolerant. Worried about violence or... Are supposed to- if they are found to have, you know, uh, I know nothing parts. about this. I'm not, you know, I, I can't deal with every one of his conspiracy theories. But I hope you all have something to eat and something to drink on the way back to New York. Thank you. What did Chris And she's trapped on a plane with him. Yeah, she's trapped on a plane with him. <laughs> That's what's so awkward. It really is. She has nowhere to go. Nowhere to go. But uh, we know she wants to get some drinks herself. So it is, it is um, the James O'Keefe situation. Here's what I will say. And, and, and Donald Trump slipped here. Like we said, uh, embrace, bad embrace. They turned that into a meme. And when he said he may or may not accept the outcome of the election, as a matter of fact, that is worse than anything uh, actually directly relating to what he said in the debate. That is worse than even if he'd have had a terrible performance in the debate because that's the fallout. And 
It doesn't it doesn't bode well with people who aren't already voting for him. Yeah. I will say this about Donald Trump last night. My wife, who is not a fan at all, said this is the first time hearing him where I do feel like I'll vote for him. And a big thing with that was because of the abortion issue. Hillary Clinton was up there willfully saying, gleefully saying, I will support pretty much abortion up until the time of, of, uh, of birth. And Donald Trump did promise, he said, I will appoint Supreme Court justices who will be pro-life, uh, who, who will at least toss this back to the states. And... My wife said, okay, that's a strong enough contrast mm. there. There isn't a strong enough contrast fiscally on a lot of issues, yeah. but for a lot of Christians out there, you have to understand Donald Trump hasn't been above that 42% ceiling, 43 on a good day with Republicans. So he needs that Christian uh, conservative vote. And, and I think he maybe made some inroads there last night, but sure. I don't think he made some inroads with the newer voters that he needs. And people are going to get mad at him even saying that, you know. There's that segment. There are fewer and fewer undecided people going into election, and Donald Trump needs to appeal to them somewhat if he's going to win. His base isn't enough. So, do you think last night will change that? I don't think it'll be enough because I think there's still a part of Christians. I think I think we've seen too much inconsistency on that. I don't think it was enough to be like, oh wow, he was really passionate about that. I don't think people believe him yet on it. I think he could make the right decisions even if he doesn't believe it himself but i think you know for people who that's an issue for i don't know i think you're probably right uh speaking of which we're going to talk about some demographics here when we come back cold hard numbers stay tuned earth fire wind water heart by your powers combined, I am Captain Planet. Captain Planet, he's a hero, gonna take pollution down to zero. Okay, Planeteers, are you ready? With our powers combined. Yeah, wait, hold, hold on a second. Um, Captain's not here yet. Wait, what do you mean? What do you mean he's not here? No, ca Captain's not here. He's he's running late. Well, how how is he late? He, why did he? He can just fly here. No, actually because of the EPA and the new Montreal Protocol, they found that his flight was disrupting migratory patterns of birds, so they banned him. What? Okay, well, how is he getting here? Um, I think he's driving. Oh, hold on. Hey, Cap, were your ears ringing? Why, you were talking about me? What, what were you saying? Oh, nothing. Everyone just wants to know when you're going to get here so we can beat this evil Texas oil baron. Yeah, I, you know, I that, that's not going to happen anytime soon. My Tesla ran out of battery. What? Oh my god, how? You know, that's what I'm asking. It says the thing's supposed to get 250 miles. I've never gotten this piece of shit to get more than 90. Oh no, I told you you should have gone with the Prius. Oh, shut up. Those handle like crap. Okay, so then where are you? Uh, I don't know. I'm at some charging station in Simi Valley. I, I don't know if it's a BP or a shell, but it, it is going to take a while. Oh, that's such a bummer. I'm so sorry. Yeah, you know, but it's the price of being green. At least it's just using electric power. It's not like gas or coal, so that's the price to pay, I guess. Yeah, but you know where that electricity comes from? What? Well, you say you're charging your car with the electricity, but that electricity has to come from somewhere. You mean like lightning? No, if you're out in Simi, actually, uh, that's probably coal. You mean to tell me I'm not flying because of an endangered species of seagull and I'm charging my Tesla 
and a power outlet that's fueled by coal. Pretty much. Son of a bitch! Captain Planet, he's a hero Gonna take pollution down to zero Glad to be back. Ben Shapiro coming up after this break. Uh, yes, indeed. A couple issues. Are we going, we're not going to be talking about the lawn signs until a little later, right? A little later. Okay. We do have some insight. I did some scientific testing with my wife, mm. driving and, and noticing some trends with election lawn signs. I haven't seen a lot of people talking about it. Hopefully Gallup will call me up because I'm doing their work for them. <laughs> you know what we didn't talk about yet was our very you, good friend, Leo Di, Leonardo oh, DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio. They're doing a Captain Planet film. Isn't that just the worst and most expected thing oh, ever? Gosh, I hate. Cap- you know what's so bad about Captain Planet? So Captain Planet, for those of you who don't remember, was this indoctrination uh, program, this propaganda factory designed. It, like the evil villain was the Texas oil man, and Captain Planet. Not cartoon. Yeah, and Captain Captain Planet was just this uh, this fruitcake with a green mullet and tights, and he would, you know, I don't know, he'd fight <laughs> them with the power. There was all these uh, earth, wind, fire, heart. I don't know if it was a superhero or a folk band. It was so bad, and I, here's why I hate Captain Planet so much. My mom got me a parka. We were raised in, in Montreal. You'd get negative 40 weeks. Yeah. And she got me a parka, and it had fur trim. And they used to do these PSAs and Captain Planet, and it would say, don't wear fur, and talk about how cruel it was. <laughs> And so I was like, Mom, I won't wear that. She's like, but I, bu- I bought you this parka. Like, it's, you know, it's a nice down, whatever it was, parka that's mm-hmm. going to keep you warm. So I won't wear that. Captain Planet says, don't wear fur. And I was like, well, it's not real fur. I wouldn't hear it. So my mom, in an act of defiance, took the clippers and shaved the fur off the parka. <laughs> With a very poor job, I think she did deliberately. She's like, zzz, you know, chunks coming out, like the Mimor at the Captain first part Planet of her G.I.G. prick. <laughs> And then I had to go to school in this parka with this little, like, it was it was so patchy, it looked like Mark Wahlberg's beard, the little, just yeah. the parka. And so Captain Planet really, he, he put me in some hot water. I wasn't allowed to watch it. My parents were like, no, nope. it's terrible. Yeah, it was, nope. <laughs> no Captain Planet or Fern Gully in this house. So Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, what does he have? Had to grow up with now? Arthur instead, thanks. Yeah, Arthur. Uh, anyway, okay, let me talk about something here. One thing that I think is important regarding this election, people talk about demographics, and you hear, like, the Ann Coulters go out there and say, uh, you know, oh, well, just just write off this, you know, we're never going to win Latinos. It's just an entire voting base for Democrats. We're never going to win over that vote. We're never going to win over the black vote. You know, so just let's stop trying to pander and just do the middle-aged white male thing. Here, here's something that I think a lot of people miss, uh, and I have the numbers here. Republicans in Donald Trump, they don't need to win the Latino vote. They don't need to win, for example, the black vote. Mm-hmm. They don't even need to win the millennial vote. They just need to mitigate their losses to like a two-to-one margin. So I have these here, not good, Jared, you can bring this up. Um, you know what, this is boring, but yeah, bring it up real quick so people can see it. Um, there we go. I have, I have millennials. All right, take it down because I have to go to my private email here. Don't want to be Hillary Clinton. Smart nope. C for classified. Mind out of the gutter. So we have the numbers on millennials. So let me give you an idea. Under 30 right now. This is from The Economist. Or we have Quinnipiac. Under 30, really under 34. Uh, 54% favor Hillary Clinton. Donald Trump, 16 16, Gary Johnson. Hispanics, 
25% voting Donald Trump. As a matter of fact, I've seen numbers that have said uh, 28% of Latinos supported Romney and it could be as low as 12% supporting Trump. So a lot of people throw this out saying it's enough to just get the base and, and you need that base. But here's the deal. You don't need to win Latinos. Um, you just need to get it to, let's say, 35%. If you just mitigated the losses, if Donald Trump just mitigated the losses with millennials or Republicans, but specifically Donald Trump, he's doing worse than any Republican with all these demos. 16% of anyone under 34 right now is supporting Trump versus Hillary. If you could just get that number with millennials to 35%, anyone under 34, guess what? Republicans never lose an election again. You don't need to win it. You don't need a, you don't need a 51%. Just get your losses with people under the age of 34, any people under the age of 34, to 30%. Call it 40. With Latinos, they make about 10% of the electorate voting. So this idea people are saying, you know, oh, these illegal immigrants are going to come in. It's going to change everything. 10% of the electorate, Latinos, okay? At best, 28% of them voting Republican. Possibly as low as 12% for Donald Trump. You don't need to win them. You just need to get... 35% of Latinos, 40% of Latinos. Let's say the black vote. Could you get 15? If you do that and nothing else changes with the base, Republicans would never lose an election again. I'm not saying you need 60% or 70%. Again, can we do as well as 30% of people under the age of 35? And what bothers me is people going out there pandering for ratings right now saying, well, you're never going to win these uh, demos, so why try? You don't need to. You just need to not suck so badly that anyone under the age of buying a catheter demographic could see themselves pulling the lever for you. Right now, that's 16%. So this is important for people to know. We always, a lot of the time, there's, there is, it's on the left, but the, the right plays this game too, racial identity politics. They've made it about brown and black. Well, let's even talk about age. That's the biggest problem that Republicans are facing right now. And if, if you look at the number, how much more of them support someone like a Gary Johnson, it can be as high as 19% from Quinnipiac, or it's as high as uh, 16 with the Economist YouGov poll. That's way higher than the national average, which is under 10%. So that shows you there are a lot more independents, a lot more young people who are still willing to vote libertarian, who probably, if you gave them just enough reason, could become a Republican. More than 16%. By the way, it's not much better even if you go under the age of 44. It's still under 30%, depending on which stats you use. So this is something I don't want you to be led by the nose with, with people who are lying, saying you're never going to win this demographic. You're never going to win the black vote. Well, no one expects to. You're never going to win the Latino vote. Well, no one expects to. Just don't lose it by a 5 to 1, 4 to 1, 3 to 1 margin. Lose it. Just lose it slightly more competitively. What's that? What are you doing here? I'm not talking to you. Oh, oh, oh we have Ben on the line? Yep. Yeah. Well, Ben will probably know a lot about that. He's, a, he's an intelligent, uh, he's an intelligent uh, good Jewish boy, the Ben mm -hmm. Shapiro. So we'll talk about him after the break, though. But um, talk with him after the break. This is one thing that just frustrates me to no end. And I get emails about it all the time. Uh, this, it really is, this is all you need. You just need a little more than 16% with anyone under the age of 40. Let's call it 30. Let's set some goals and not expect failure for the Republican Party, for conservatives. Let's just not expect, well, we can never do better than 20% with anyone under the age of 35. Let's go back to Fox News and sell gold bond ball powder. Seriously. Let's go sell some self-lubricating pocket catheters because we know we'll only get the over 60 baby boomer white, white demographic. What about with women? Just get 40% of women. So there's this doom and gloom that people, and they play this trick where they say, 
but we'll never win. No one is expecting to. You can do well enough with the base you have and just not sucking unbelievably with the others. Ben Shapiro after the break talking about the debate. Stay tuned or you're anti-Semitic. You know it. Hey, you're probably hearing this podcast either through iTunes or SoundCloud, something like that. Or maybe you've heard it on the syndicated radio show across the country. But you may not know that this show is actually live streamed, video live streamed every Thursday night, 8 o'clock Eastern. Thursday, 8 o'clock Eastern at loudwithcrowder.com or youtube.com slash Stephen Crowder. You can actually watch the live stream, see the guests. See all of these little infographics going on there. We have some exclusive commercials. You get to see the Hopper Cam. People like the Hopper Cam. Uh, and additional firings of Not Gay Jared. So, again, it's free. If you want to see what you're hearing, go watch the live stream. Thursdays, 8 p.m. Eastern. LotterworthCrowder.com. Glad to. I don't, I don't know how we bring on. I don't know because like he's such a classy guest. People on Twitter are going. You're bringing some we class. Screwed it up. You can follow him on the Twitter Gosh. at Ben Shapiro. His new novel Nightmare. is out. First fiction novel, I believe, uh, called True Allegiance. Ben, am I right about Ben Shapiro? Am I right about that? Is that your first fiction? It is indeed. Yeah. So here and we go, dude. You're in a, you're you're. A- Fantastic dancer. That's all I can say. It, well, listen. I one day aspire to have those skills. Yes. Well, it takes years of practice. <laughs> We've been putting in the work. It's like Hillary Clinton's debate prep. We put in the hours, and I like to think they're paying off. But this is so. Andrew Clavin now is doing nonfiction. I'm in the middle of that book. It's fantastic. And you're doing fiction for the first time. Uh, real quick, what's it about? Because most people, you know, they're not following you for 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 that side of you. Yeah. I mean, so so the, the novel is about. The collapse of the United States, <laughs> just like every other novel these days. But yeah, it's it's about you know how how you know what what the U.S. would look like uh, if we fell apart. It's sort of two steps removed from reality. Sort of taking the situation on the border, ratcheting it up a step. What if drug cartels were making actual incursions across the border on a regular basis, and the Texas governor decided to do something about it? What if a race riot in a major city didn't just rage out of control, but the president of the United States decided to essentially? reach a political settlement with the race rioters to have them run the government. What would happen if there was a if there was a major terrorist attack simultaneously and then the hero of course is trying to stop all of this from going down. The sort of purpose of writing this as fiction uh, was to was to reach out to some people who wouldn't read it as nonfiction, uh, right. namely you know people who don't read nonfiction generally but also to people on the left and in the center who want to read a, a, a good fun story uh, or at least an exciting story. Uh, and uh, kind of like we were talking about yeah. that those that only 16 percent of people under the age of 35 who will uh, vote Republican. So it seems like there's a there's a wide spectrum there of people who could, uh, you know, maybe be uh, reached a little bit. Yeah, I mean, that's the idea. Like more, more people learned about capitalism from Ayn Rand than learned about capitalism from Milton Friedman. So if you, if you put uh, the, the right kind of ideas in, in an exciting package, then people are more likely to listen to them, which is why, you know, you are such a wonderful host, and, and those that, that da- those dancing skills. I mean, that that's really what. Well, tells like, you. thank you. We, we th- th- and that's by design, and I appreciate see a professional <laughs> notices it. Okay, so Ben, debate last night. 
Um, you're going to get the hate mail regardless. You don't seem to care about the Donald uh, Trump. I at this point, I mean, I'm, <laughs> dude, I was the number one target of anti-Semitism in the United States as a journalist this year. You know, I'd like to thank God. I'd like to thank my agent. Uh, tri triple, triple parentheses around both God and my agent. But maybe you just don't have to be so Jewy sometimes. Yeah, you know, it's 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 something I've tried hard to get out, but the shekels really just. I know. Once they take control, there's nothing I can do. Hey, Bring you, back you know, I know. We meet every Secret Tuesday. So, um, debate last night. I thought it was Trump's best performance. Do, do you think so? And do you think it was enough? Yeah. Now, I don't think it was enough because I think that he didn't move the ball forward. I mean, he, he is down anywhere from 7 to 11 points in most of these polls. That's, that's a pretty large chunk of ground you got to make up. Uh, I think that he was throwing a lot of red meat to his base. Uh, I, I thought that it was his best debate. You have to hold Trump. You have to decide when you, when you grade these people, you sort of have to decide which standard are you using for grading Trump. Are you using an objective metric, like as a human, how did he debate? Or are you using the Trump metric, as in... As a third grader, how did he debate? And as a third grader, he did fantastic. I mean, as, you know, according to Trump's normal standards, he strung together various sentences of more than three words. He was capable of attacking Hillary in short bursts. He couldn't sustain any attacks. I get it. He can problem. be an arrogant prick, Ben Shapiro. With this. It's very funny. <laughs> But I can get hey, dude, off. I did, if I if I were on the left, I would despise you. Continue. The, the, the problem, honestly, the problem for me is that you look at how vulnerable Hillary was, and Chris Wallace did a significantly better job of tearing Hillary apart in 10-word increments than Trump did all night. I mean, his questions were basically straightforward questions that Hillary clearly couldn't answer. And if Trump had been capable of really pressing forward the attack as opposed to speaking in political shorthand, he sort of assumes people know things when they go into debate. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they know sort of the headlines. So he says things like, if you watch the clips, the clips show that they were planning violence at my rallies. What are the clips? Who said what in well, the Well, and I actually like, said that he... was a misstep because you're actually giving him more credit. It's not they, he said her, that she was planning violence. And I, you know, the James O'Keefe stuff is very damning. We've covered it. It's important. But it, it is a stretch to say this comes directly from Hillary Clinton. And like I said, when we were watching, I'm like, ah, the fact checkers are going to say, no, it's not. And sure enough, that's what they're saying. Yeah. And, and I think that that's, that's right. He, even on his attacks, about 33,000 deleted emails, it would behoove him for, you know, a minute and a half to just lay out what happened here. She set up a private server several days in advance of her becoming Secretary of State. She was doing that specifically in order to shield information from being discoverable in FOIA requests. And then when she was subpoenaed, she deleted all of these emails and then claimed that she hadn't, that she turned over everything relevant and that, that it was all yoga emails, right? That, just explain it in two sentences so that people know what you're talking about. Because otherwise he just says things like, 33,000 emails, deleted, bad. And like, Wait, I, I, delete, I delete emails all the time. Like if you're somebody who doesn't follow this stuff closely, it doesn't sound that bad to me. Like, we all delete emails. So right. that's, it's, it's, it, would, it, would have been, it would have helped to do that. You know, it's frustrating for me as somebody who, who really you know, takes part in a lot of debates. It's very frustrating to me to watch these debates. And even stuff where I think he, he did okay, know how much further he could have gone. So, for example, on the abortion question. So Hillary Clinton gets hit with the partial birth abortion question. This is the best opportunity a Republican has had since Roe v. Wade in a major media setting to explain the evils of abortion. It is, because partial birth abortion is so egregious, and it's so disgusting, and it's so terrible, and no Democrat has ever been asked about partial birth abortion right. in a major debate like this. And Hillary's asked about it, and Hillary gives her normal woman's right to choose answer, and Trump says, you rip the baby out of the womb. And then he just keeps repeating that phrase, rip the baby out of the womb. Well, did you kill the baby? Like, what happened to the baby? I mean, like, <laughs> you right. have to... And then when she comes back and well, says, she, well, the baby sure. became a toddler uh, carrying around an AR-15, according to Hillary Right, Clinton. exactly. So it's, a series it's, of 
Like, and, and you or I, I mean, you don't, you don't have to be, you know, people who are professionals at this to say, okay, Hillary, you say that I'm misdescribing the procedures. Let me describe in detail the procedure. And this is going to get very ugly and graphic because abortion is an ugly graphic process right. and it is the killing of a, of a human being. Especially and with Super Bowl ratings, that, as Trump has bragged about. You know, you've got, what, seven, I don't know what the numbers were, the biggest It was like one, 70 million people last night, 68 million people. Like, yeah, you what, could educate what, almost a third of the country on what partial birth abortion is. Um, I do think, though, my wife was talking about this. She's going, you know what, I might vote for him after that because she was so adamant about basically abortion up until the moment of birth. Yeah. And Trump did promise, looked on the camera, said, I will only appoint Supreme Court justices who will, you know, who, who will be pro-life. And my wife said that is enough of a contrast for it to matter for me. And so I wonder if that gets him above that 43 ceiling with the Republicans who he's had a hard time with outside of well, the I middle think ground. That, I, think he, I think that Trump's goal now is not really to win the election. I think that Trump's goal is to shore up the base because his plans are beyond the election at this point. He's not making moves to win the election. He doesn't have a ground game. Uh, he's he's kind of throwing out arguments that are that are eaten up by people who are have a predilection already toward liking him mm-hmm. uh, and and are sort of on the fence about him. You know, it, listen. Every time I watch Hillary Clinton talk, I have I have the thought: Should I vote for for Donald Trump because she's so horrible and evil? And I, I suppose that that promise that he made to appoint pro-life justices would matter more to me if I actually believed him and thought that he wasn't a pathological liar. But you know, but again, the, the question is, what is he doing now and what is his strategy designed to be? And for the past several weeks when he's talking about the rigged stuff, I mean, where, where he really blew himself up, obviously, was on that rigged election question because he just gave the media a week's worth of notice. I mean, he, he right. just he gave them a week's worth of headlines to talk about how he's leading a violent revolution, which is nonsense. The only violence in politics is coming from the left. Sorry, uh, I'm not, and, not uh, paying attention to you. You two might be screwing with our feed. Do we have it back up now, KJ? Uh, it should be back up now. Okay, sorry about that, Ben. They've been doing this yeah, lately, no this damn... It's either Comcast or YouTube. <laughs> yeah, to call, 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 call your uh, your Jewish New World Order people. They can fix it for us. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to go full Alex Jones. I can't believe it! Oh my God! Why are you doing this? Well, don't make the frogs gay. So make the frogs gay! <laughs> We're back up, not gay, Jared? We're back up. Okay, we're back up. Sorry about that. Um, okay, you're, you're, you're right about that. I, I do want to go to one thing here. Um, I don't think the polls are rigged. I think the polls can be wrong. I do think some of them, like the NBC poll, I do think they're oversampling Democrats. <laughs> do you think that that is widespread, that they are oversampling Democrats to try and use the polls as propaganda? Do you think there's any... No. Okay, why not? And the, re- the reason I don't think that's widespread is because you're seeing similar results coming out of anywhere from 10 to 12 polling companies, and these people are in competition with each other. I mean, the, the whole goal is to be the most accurate when election day comes because then you get all the credit and people continue to hire you for, for your polls. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't think that there's a giant conspiracy to oversample Democrats. I think that, if anything, people are going to be kind of surprised on election day because I think that Donald Trump is actually going to show under where he's showing in the polls because it, it, Mitt Romney did, right? Mitt Romney showed a couple of points under where he was showing in the polls at the very end because his ground game wasn't as good as Obama's. The gap between Hillary Clinton's ground game and Donald Trump's ground game is much wider than the gap between Obama's ground game and Romney's was. Do you think there's some, tr- think there's some truth? Though? For example, not Gay Jared is going to vote Donald Trump. He's not a fan, but he's like, I just... Yeah, I, yeah that's again, yeah, I, I've said for I've exactly. said entire election cycle, if you vote Trump to stop Hillary, I totally understand. Right. Yeah, and I've said, I, 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 may, I may do that. I was really looking for him on the gun issue was a missed opportunity. But my point is this, Jared, if he were polled, probably would have said... Uh, no, I'm probably not voting Trump, but now he is. Do you think there is some of that, that that sort of secret Trump voter or people who aren't quite sure? Do you think he, do you think there's a possibility? Maybe, I mean, a, a little bit, but, but again, we didn't see that during the primaries, right? I mean, he, the, the primary polls were basically spot on. So I, I don't think that, I don't think there's a broad swath of Americans who are, who are telling pollsters, no, I'm not voting for Trump, and then they're going to go secretly vote for Trump. I mean, that's just, 
that, that that's happened. It's called the Bradley effect because it's happened like once, right? It was named after a guy, right? <laughs> so, the, <laughs> so the idea the idea that it happens all the time. It happened with are, Brexit. Are, yeah, well, it, so Brexit it was it was running dead even in the polls right up until the end, and then it ended up winning by four. Right. right? That's that. That's well, that's the main polls had it the other way by four. Um, well, they, they, right. It was they, there were polls that were up and there were polls that were down. Yeah. And there were polls that were right in the center. So the average of the polls was basically right around even. It was mm-hmm. it was about a fifty fifty shot, maybe a fifty five forty five shot. It wouldn't pass. And then Brexit ends up winning by four in twenty twelve. Romney pulled a lot closer than he ended up finishing. It's possible either way. I mean, yeah, sure. There's a margin of error. It's possible that Trump is within the margin of error. Is it going to be an eight point margin of error? Is it going to be a ten point margin of error? I don't see that at all. I mean, and, and again, if you're looking at the state polling. He's getting blown out in state polling now. I mean, that, it's, that it's, is it's, true, even by Republic, uh, Republican polling firms, which which is is a little bit even in Arizona, which is is pretty distressing. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a poll now with him five down in Arizona. I mean, it's it's a disaster area. Utah could go to McMullen, which means to take that out of his column. I mean, it's really. I, I think he'll win ugly. Arizona and Georgia. I wouldn't be surprised to see him lose Utah. Yeah, I, I think that that's that may. I, I think to be a. Uh, I think that he'll lose Arizona. I think you he'll do lose Georgia. I, yes, I think he'll lose Arizona. Okay, uh, and the reason I say he'll lose Arizona is because if you look at the polling right now for Sheriff Joe, Sheriff Joe is down like 15 in the early ballot returns, uh, mm, and that's that's, right. that's a pretty good indicator that that the enthusiasm for sort of the Trumpian agenda is not as high as you would think it would be in a border state like Arizona. Yeah, uh, I think you might be right with that. Um, m- my contention is this: a, a, a Trump victory is much more likely than the media is giving it credit for, and it's probably much less likely than his hardcore supporters think. Do you think there's? Yeah, I think uh, I, I think that that's I, I think that's true. Um, but I think that it's closer to the media's assessment than it is to, to the Bill Mitchells of the world, who say it's 193% certain. And he's used his statistical methods to prove that 193% is not an exaggeration. It's an actual percentage chance right. that Donald Trump will win. I, I don't think that – I think the people who think that it's, it's fairly certain Trump are going to win are, are way off. I think that – you know, look, I tend to trust the betting markets because the people who put their money on this stuff yeah. tend to be pretty smart about it. And the betting markets right now have Trump at like a 15% chance of winning. He, he would need a, a pretty major political miracle in the latter days of this campaign to even make this thing competitive, I think. Yeah, I think, well, I mean, he needs to And by to the win. way, I'm not, this, is not, this is not me being smug about any of this stuff. I think this whole thing's tragic. It's horrifying. Yeah. And so I, I, I wake up in the middle of the night with a stomachache over this election. Well, that's pretty bad. Yeah, it's, it's not great. <laughs> it's not great. Just and, then I, and then I asked my wife what the hell she cooked the previous night, and, she's, and then she... And then I blame her, you know, that's, that's how it goes. Well, I don't know. I was, I was too, it was too busy. And she says, I didn't cook. I was, a pan pan. The shekels and the patriarchy over here. Yeah, I mean, and then, and then my wife says, I didn't even cook the dinner. You did. I was, I was busy being a doctor. Do you cook? So, uh, unfortunately, yes. So it's not very good? No. No, it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> at least you don't try. Like, no, I'm not, I'm not good at it. No, not at all. Um, I, make, I, make, I make a mean omelet. That's, that's pretty much the extent of my, my cooking abilities. Yeah, um, I even go a scale back, and I can do, I can do hard-boiled eggs. Barely. Wow, hardcore, dude. Yeah, the trick is putting <laughs> Himalayan salt in the, uh, in the water to make them so it's easier to roll. Uh, ben Shapiro will be with us for one more segment. I know it's not always what you want to hear, but he's, he's a smart dude, and um, let's get to the meat of this. Let's do it. Stay tuned. Earth. Fire. Wind. Water. Heart. By your... Wait, 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 wait. What was that? Heart? Yes. No, wait, really. Did you just say heart? The power of heart. Yeah, but okay, hold on. They've got Earth... Wind, water, fire, those are actual elements that can be quantified. 
I'm just trying to see how heart plays into this. I will change the world with the power of heart! Okay, yeah, no, I, I know you, you, you've said that. I think maybe signals are getting crossed here. I just, I don't... I mean, I know what the the Earth guy, he moves the ground. He can grow trees, water. We we know what she can do. Fire is pretty self explained I'm just... I, I, what do you do? I can change lives with the power of heart! heart. Yeah, okay, I figured as much. I just, um... Yeah, I don't think I don't think you, I don't I, I don't think you bring a lot of value here. Um, I'll tell you what: if we need the Care Bears uh, on an eco mission, we'll give you a call. Until then, uh, why don't you just sit this one out? T tell you what: how about you sit all of them out? You know, what, give me your ring. Give me the ring. No, it's my heart ring. See, I don't know what that means. Captain Planet. He's a hero, gonna take pollution down to zero. When it's time to party, we will party hard. Glad to be back. Follow this man at Ben Shapiro. Don't stalk him, but follow him. Don't stalk him. Follow him. A little bit of both. True Allegiance mm -hmm. is his new novel fiction going off into that territory. Um, sometimes truth is stranger than fiction. We are at a weird time here. Have you been following the James O'Keefe, the Project Veritas videos? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, James does a lot of pretty good work, and that's that's definitely a piece of it. Yeah. Um, what do you what do you think that's moved the needle at all, uh, or do you think it's kind of more red meat? I think it's important. I don't know if it gets beyond that media firewall because they don't want to hear it. No, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think that it should be a major story. I think that you know it shows that the Democrats know they're doing all this stuff. I mean, the Megyn Kelly interview with Donna Brazil last night was <laughs> insane, insane. I mean, Donna Brazil trying to stand on the the lions are eating the Christians routine when Megyn is it <laughs> me or is she getting dumber, Donna Brazil? Uh, I, I, is it possible? I mean, <laughs> actually, <laughs> well, I used to think she was relatively articulate, you know, and then she, and she I'm sat a, in Howard Dean's chair and all of a sudden <laughs> just infused her being. It's like but, yeah, Al Sharpton or Donna Brazile. You could who said it, and you wouldn't know anymore. I, I don't. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was insane for for her to sit there and and calling her Kelly and and Megan Kelly basically saying so you knew about all the questions in advance and you people use violence and voter fraud. And she's sitting there going, this is just like when the Romans were throwing Christians in front of the lions and it was all crazy and stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, yeah. It, it, so should, 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 this be, should this be a major story? Of course it should be a major story. Will it be a major story? Probably not. One of the reasons it won't be a major story also uh, is uh, not to put too much in the lap of Trump, but when you say everything is rigged to the extent where you're basically not even categorizing it as in a narrow election, voter fraud is a serious problem that we should right. be concerned about. When you say things like, I don't believe the polls. I could be down 10. I could lose by 30 million votes. Or more realistically, I could lose by 7 or 8 million votes. Mm -hmm. And it's still going to be, I'm still going to claim voter fraud. People look at it and go, okay, well, I guess voter fraud's BS. Because, How widespread do you think voter fraud actually is? I mean, I think that there, there are probably tens of thousands of, of false votes that are cast in, in any given presidential election. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's certainly, I don't think it's hundreds of thousands. I think that okay. we're probably talking, you know, maybe across the, I mean, and this is just based on situations like Minnesota with Al Franken, or uh, Christine Gregoire in 2004 in Washington State. Mm -hmm. In elections where it's divided by you know, 500 or 1,000 votes, sometimes it's 1,500 or 2,000 votes that are cast, and you, you extend that across the entire country, and you're talking maybe 10 or 15,000 
bad right. votes that could, are cast could by be the important, Could be important in a swing state. For sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's what that's what he should be saying. He should be saying we have if there is voter fraud and we're in a close race in a swing state, then why would I accept the legitimacy of that pending an investigation? Like right. that, he could have said that, but that's not what he said. And, and so, you know, he gave fodder to the other side and then him basically being just a Breitbart comment troll, you know, where, where he goes out there and he says things like, you know, I'm going to I'm going to I'll, I'll respect the results of the election. If I win, and it's like, <laughs> like, really, dude, oh, my God. I, I, like, I, well, that and that oh became Lord. the story from the debate, right? Just that he said the election was written. He wouldn't accept it. And, and obviously, I mean, I think a lot of people have a problem with that. Let me ask you this. Where do you line up with the WikiLeaks situation? Because obviously, Ben is is, is significantly not a fan of Trump, as no. you can hear. And I, I'm a contrarian really? bastard, so I have to, you know, people think I'm mean to Gavin when he's on. Then people are like, why are you so mean to Ben and play, not agreeing with him? Because I just feel like I have to. It's just kind of my job. With WikiLeaks. Right, you're a jerk. I mean, let's, let's, just yes, let's, let's be real. I mean, everyone thinks I'm the jerk. What they don't know about Steven. Is I am an <laughs> awful human being. <laughs> My locker room talk is un, unbelievable. Unheard of almost in mainstream media. Um, People grab you by parts you didn't even know existed. I know, exactly. Uh, let, let me, orify. I mean, don't even, bring, don't even it's, just, it's just a fish hooking extravaganza. So when we're talking about WikiLeaks, do you line up with the Rubio situation where you're like, uh, Republicans should stop talking about it? Because, you know, this could be foreign governments. Do you think WikiLeaks have been uh, a good thing, have been illuminating, showing the collusion with media? Or do you think overall? Um, so, go ahead. you know, two, th- two, two things can be true at once. Right. WikiLeaks are bad and WikiLeaks are informative. Right. I mean, the, the, mm-hmm. whenever Democrats, this is where Andrew Clavin has this rule about media, which is anytime there's a scandal bad for Democrats, the first question all the leftists ask is, how was that information obtained? Right. It's every right. content of the information when it's an Access Hollywood tape on a bus from a thousand years ago. Then it turns into what's the content of the tape? Does it really matter? When it's tax returns for Donald Trump, right? And the New York Times is printing it, and that's kind of illegal, right? When when they yeah, when they do that, yeah, then, it's, then it's, right? Then then it's no big deal that the New York Times did it. They're heroes for printing it. So I, I don't line up with Rubio on the idea that you have to go silent about it. I do think that it is worthwhile saying that WikiLeaks is bad and the Russian government is backing it. You know, I think that both things can be true at once. I think that Trump should say, "Look, I condemn WikiLeaks hacking American sources." That said, the WikiLeaks did expose some information about you guys that's pretty egregious. And for a lady who talks a lot about cybersecurity, you obviously don't care enough to shield your own information by sticking it on private servers. You don't get to claim that you're some lily of the field when it comes to protecting America's national security when you're taking literally classified information and sticking it on a server in your bathroom because you're trying to hide information from the American people. I didn't even know. I mean, that's the way he should have approached it. Right. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. Um, I, I, one thing I, I, I do think is no one is really, outside of Donna Brazil, no one is questioning the authenticity of the WikiLeaks. I think it's that's what's amazing. I mean, it's, yeah, that, that, that is amazing. The, the, the Democrats basically just say, yeah, pretty much all this stuff is real. Because Podesta <laughs> could come out and say, like, no, 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 that was doctored. This is the email. I was talking about the, the Care Bears. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And instead, they're just like, yeah, we kind of did We kind of did say that's, that. That's true. I mean, I, I will say I do find it troubling that Donald Trump refuses to acknowledge that the Russians are behind WikiLeaks. Like, his, his pathological instinct to defend Vladimir Putin over the WikiLeaks thing is just bewildering to me. I don't understand why there's a But do we know that, that the Russians are behind WikiLeaks? I don't know. Do we? <laughs> no, no, I mean, really, I mean, though. <laughs> really, though. What, I mean, what, yeah, can, we, can that we, be we proven? Sort of do. Uh, yeah, I mean, there have been private intelligence agencies, public intelligence agencies. Everybody yeah. says the Russians are behind WikiLeaks. I trust them more than Donald Trump's theory that a 400-pounder lying on a bed somewhere in Montana is hacking all of this stuff and then turning <laughs> over to WikiLeaks. Like, I just, Donald Trump's expertise when it comes to the cyber, I trust a little <laughs> bit cyber. less than the, the, than I the DNI. I will say this. 
we have never had two more out of touch technologically candidates. I mean, Hillary Clinton has no idea how to work the email the and email. Donald Trump with the cyber. You're sitting there like, this is literally like my grandmother have who you set ever up computed a home before? office for Have you forwarding. ever computered? Yeah, I feel like Donald Trump is the kind of guy or Hillary Clinton, they'd like forward you that picture of a prairie dog's testicles that was at E-bombs World in 1998. <laughs> like, you got to see this. It's hilarious in the cyber. Like, I've seen it, Donald. It's not that funny. Uh, ben, we have to go. Where's the best place for people to find you here? Hey, go to Amazon.com to pick up the new book, True Allegiance. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Ben Shapiro. And if you want to watch a daily podcast, a daily podcast, then you go to The Ben Shapiro Show uh, on iPod, on, uh, on SoundCloud or iTunes and uh, at Daily Wire, which is the website. And you'll be joining us election night for a segment, right? When we're doing the whole uh, just, deal. He just one yeah, up we'll to us on our show. He just went up on our, on our show. On our show. He stole our thunder. He stole our thunder. Get rid of him. Get rid of Ben uh, Shapiro. Never jumps. Never daily. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Go, go to the break. Go to the break. Go to the break. Everybody, leave now. Ah! And now it's time for Bad Okay, that'll be 12.50, and there's your change. Thank you, sir. Have a great day. Okay, put your hands in the sky. Oh, my God. Again, what, what, what's happening? We just crossed the border. That's right. And we are here to thank you on jump and rape your women. That is just horrendous. I, 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 I don't understand. I've, I've done nothing to you. I'm sorry. This is what we do. That's right. Just be glad we are only taking your money. And not grabbing you by your taco. By my what? Okay, the money in the bag with the face off. Okay, okay, hold on. Just it's it's, it's okay. Just be, be be calm. Well, you really are some some bad hombres. Hey, hey, hey! Come on, let's do. What? I mean, that's offensive. Do you use the yeah. term? What's wrong with you? Or people not leave the border illegally to, to come here to become bad hombres. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I just have never been held up before. Uh, that's super racist. Yes, I bet you wouldn't say that if we were a white guy. Okay, you're, you're right, I probably wouldn't. See, you have some real growing up to do. You need some, some searching, for sure. Okay, I am so sorry. Just take anything you want. Anything you want, I'm, I'm so sorry. Okay, thank you. Hashtag I'm with her. Send you on the polls. Okay. I vote five times. Glad to be back. Coming up next, Colion Noir. Pretty soon yes. uh, in the second hour. Producing with me in video studio, as always, is Not Gay Jared. Follow him on Twitter. Uh, Draw on conclusions. So we have the, the stream and everything back up, right? We do, yeah. We Facebook hates us. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg hates us. We've had a lot um, of problems with Facebook with the stream for people listening YouTube terrestrially. And Google hate everybody. Not true. Google. So this will be archived, though, of course, ladderwithcredder.com, and you could subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. Please Indeed. do. It's free or you suck. A uh, segment we wanted to do tonight, we'll get away from the debate stuff a little bit. We were talking about this. We were sitting there, I don't know how this came up in a conversation, going, oh, man, that was a great film. Uh, you couldn't make that nowadays. How often do you say that to yourself? I think, I'm guessing, probably pretty often. 
Pretty often. Pro- probably pretty often. So uh, we actually decided to, and you've been tweeting us, we'll, we'll read them after this segment. We decided to put together a segment here. A definitive list. We'll be updating it. Uh, the top five films that you couldn't make in 2016. Let's do it. Uh, for reasons that are self-explanatory, they would be far too triggering. Yes. So a lot of these, you'll you'll, you'll notice some trends here. Uh, let's get right into it. Number five is a bit of an obvious one. Not without my daughter. Now, a lot of millennials watching are going, what's that? This is a film made with Sally Field, I want to say in the early 90s, about a woman who married a Muslim. They go to Iran, and uh, obviously he keeps the daughter, beats the hell out of some women. She finds out with his Islamic family, kind of how, this happens a lot, by the way. People make their pilgrimage, either they're going to Mecca, secular Westerners, they marry these Muslims, they don't know what they've signed up for, and uh, they can't get their kids back. We had Q on the show, remember Mm -hmm. the woman who had this actually suffer in the United States? Now, here's the deal. These people, I think Alfred Molina... Sally Field, I'm sure they're probably hashtagging with her. They're probably to the left. But back then, because it hadn't been politicized, the Islamic mistreatment of women, the Islamic uh, basically complete disregarding of, of women's rights, it was just seen as a human rights issue. It wasn't seen as a xenophobia or political issue. People weren't afraid to speak out against it, including liberals, because it was just like, don't wear fur. Um, it was just an issue that well, you shouldn't beat women and this is a real problem in the Middle East and this is a problem with Islam and at that point it wasn't the cause du jour so even leftists back then felt okay doing it you could not do this nowadays uh, here's a clip to show you what I'm talking about oh man he's going full John Cena on her look at this Ooh. Mean hook on that guy. Mean hook. Doc got, got some punch. She had it coming. Number four. Dirty Harry. We're getting the tweets coming in here. I think a lot of people talked yep. about this. A lot of people have actually uh, suggested the one that is actually number two coming up soon. Dirty Harry. This is actually more so the the, the franchise. Um, we came up with this. We th- were thinking play Misty for me, and then we thought sudden impact. And the reason mm-hmm. was because women got the crap beaten out of them. Clint Eastwood punches women right in the face, including Afro hookers. And then we realize he does that in pretty much every film <laughs> in that era. Uh, but Dirty Harry, you see a lot of it. Uh, he, here's something that's also really important with Dirty Harry. Not only the sexist stuff, you know, the sort of insensitive stuff that you couldn't do nowadays. You'd be called into HR. But the concept of Dirty Harry was coming after a crime wave in the, in the 60s and in the 70s where people felt really unsafe. And uh, Dirty Harry was a police officer who didn't play by the rules, who would definitely be rough around the edges, but got stuff done. He was a hero. It's the exact opposite of the Black Lives Matter thing right now. If this were happening today, Dirty Harry would, instead of uh, shooting the rapist in the street, he would be wearing a body camera, taking him in for questioning, and bringing in his lawyer with a lot of vowels in his name, and then eventually <laughs> letting him free. So it's not just the insensitivities, but the, the concept uh-huh. of Dirty Harry would not work today. Uh, which I think you're seeing that a little bit with Trump. People wanted a Dirty Harry. They want a strong man to come back when they felt uh, disenchanted, I think uh, so. stripped of power. I think right. uh, this clip captures the chauvinism perfectly. And what the hell gives you the right to become an inspector when there's men have been out there on the street for 10 or 15 years? The woman's place is in the home. Is that what you're trying to say? Yes. What do you think this yes. is? Some kind of encounter group? I want to know what Officer Moore is going to do when somebody points a gun at her and says, hit the deck, you son of a bitch. Uh, she's going to cower. That's what most women do, or they just get hit in the head with a snare drum. Number three. (laughs) Animal House. 
Yes. Now, I know what you're thinking. Is this because it was too profane? Because No, none of that, actually. And it's not even because it's a bromance. Uh, it's not even because it's just, it's you know, they need to recast it today with women. I guess they kind of did that with Neighbors 2, Sorority Rising, mm-hmm. which was horrendously unfunny. But Animal House, it, it, some scenes in there, the kind of scenarios that give Lena Dunham and Amy Schumer nightmares. Uh, this You realize when you watch Animal House, to me what's so telling is it started off from the college culture. It was assumed that people just have drunken sexual encounters. That's a big thing that happens in college. Now, again, most of these people in that film, probably pretty pretty liberal today. Uh, mm-hmm. not, not Matheson. Or, uh, he's doing something. He just talked about how he liked Reagan. But it, it wasn't even considered a sexist. It wasn't considered a social issue that kids have drunk sex in college. Nobody would have even considered the idea that two people who were both drunk, who had consensual intimate relations, would be considered rape. Now, when you watch this film, you can find at least four or five instances that would be a Salon article. Uh, Oh, gosh. I think this captures it pretty well. I knew a girl in high school who stuffed her bra. Really? Yeah, she wore the chicken cutlets. She wore the chicken cutlets. Guess what her nickname was? Cutlets. Number two. (laughs) That's it. Everyone knew this was coming. Number two, Blazing Saddles. Blazing. They probably thought it was going to be number one. They probably thought it was they going to be number one. They probably thought so. What do you think will be number one? Tweet me at Eskrider or tweet him at NotGayJared. It might surprise you. Blazing Saddles. Uh, this could have <laughs> this could have taken up spots <laughs> five through one. Uh, now, this one is not as much the theme, like Not Without My Daughter or Dirty Harry, because there isn't a whole bunch of social commentary in the same way. It is just Mel Brooks at his best, and everything about this film is offensive. Everything about it. Is it racist? Yes. Homophobia? It's got that. Sexist? Absolutely. Xenophobia? That wasn't even a thing back then. But sure, let's go with <laughs> they that. They figured it out. <laughs> they figured it out. It was a movie, Blazing Saddles. I think the reason people love it so much is because it was a film that could only be made at that time yep. by Mel Brooks. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. that if, if they did remake it today, the N-word would not make an appearance. No, and it's and Django is Django and Chain is not the same thing. No, Django and Chain is not the same thing no. because Quentin Tarantino is a far leftist, and it is kind of providing com- and it's a drama. Um, it's not the same thing. This was just throwing caution to the wind, as racist as offensive in every which unapologetically, way. Unapologetically, so. unapologetically, it's why. And back then, here's the thing: nobody had to start a march over it. No. Nobody for a second thought that Mel Brooks was a racist. Think about it. He had to cast all the black people for the black people to be treated in a racist way. They loved Mel Brooks. Not a person had a bad yeah. word to say They about don't walk him. out on him like they did Adam Sandler. <laughs> well, that's well, for other reasons as well. well if you've mm, you've yes. seen that film. Uh, oh, this clip speaks for itself. Uh, good morning, ma'am. And isn't it a lovely morning? Up yours, nigger. <laughs> I don't know if we have to censor that for radio. I hope I don't we know. don't. I hope we don't. We didn't say it. Just drag up her corpse <laughs> and uh, hit her with the fine. Uh, I don't think we have to say any more about that. If you haven't seen it, go see it. Number one. Brrr, What's number one? What's it going to be? Ah! Dude looks like a lady, Mrs. Doubtfire. This was a tough one. We thought we could go Tootsie because it was before Mrs. Doubtfire, Dustin yeah. Hoffman. But the reason we picked Mrs. Doubtfire is because it's pretty recent. Really, if you think about it, in the in the span of... We grew up with this movie. We grew up with this film. And here's what's important about Mrs. Doubtfire. If you look at the film, I mean, for those who don't know, Robin Williams plays a woman, becomes a woman, in order to become a nanny and spend time with his children. It was pretty 
pretty progressive for its time, uh, if you look at it. You know, it was in San Francisco. His brother was gay. It certainly at that time was normalizing gay relationships in a way that you didn't see in a lot of films. It was making it very playful. It certainly wasn't anti-gay. But even the gay characters in this film mock the transsexual situation. Mm -hmm. Even the gay characters who call themselves queens and are professional makeup artists laugh about a man wanting to become a woman because even in the gay community, it was just considered silly and absurd. Of course you can't become a woman. Of course this is funny. Of course this is silly. Of course it's abnormal. So the film, great film by the way, I think Robin Williams film. is one of the best dramatic actors ever. Mm -hmm. I think this is the kind of film mm -hmm. he sh he, where he was perfect. Funny, but with heart, could just rip your heart out of your chest, kind of like a Ricky Gervais, Steve Carell. There are some comedians who are so good at making you feel empathy. And I think Robin Williams was one of the best. Um, but it, again, the starting off point, kind of like Animal House or Not Without My Daughter, the starting off point was that of assumed abnormality with a man acting like a woman. And that was okay, and it wasn't considered hate speech. And this was not that long ago. So nowadays, when people say, what, why are you so hateful? We hate speech if you say, well, actually, you're born, you're born a boy or a girl. Imagine these script writers back then with Mrs. Doubtfire. Imagine them with Slate, Salon, Daily Kos, HuffPo. There's no way this film could be made, including by liberals that set out to be pro-gay, to be pro-progressive. They would have been eaten alive. Here's a good clip to, to convey what I'm talking about. Lady, come on. We got to call the cops. We got to dial 911 why? now. Why? Well, Mrs. Doubtfire, he's a she, he's a she, she he's a she, she. What? Uh. <laughs> he's half man, half woman. What? Yes. What? <laughs> what? Half man, half woman. They say, get, stay back, pervert. Stay back. Later in there, which is it's just so perfect. This is innocent. It's not hateful at all. But of course it's crazy. Of course it's abnormal. A man dressed as a woman is always, it's always going to, everything in your blood says this is not natural. It's like seeing an animal flash red in the kingdom. Like, oh my God, that's poison. I shouldn't touch that. This is bad. <laughs> so uh, send me your tweets at S. Crowder. What do you think should be added to the list? This has been. This has been. Top five movies you couldn't make in 2016. High production value here at Lotterwest. We're pretty it. proud of it. And uh, we have to go to a break, and then we're coming back. We have one more segment, and then we have Kalai Noir, right? We have one more segment, Kalai Noir. One more segment, Kalai Noir. Uh, NRA. NRA. Talk about YouTube the guns. YouTube star. Talk about the YouTubes. And I definitely do um, want to talk after this break about some election signs that we saw. There's a tick on my desk. What? What is this? I don't want what Lyme disease. Stay tuned. Get I have to studio. fight off Lyme. Never daily. Hey, if you're listening to or watching this podcast, there's a strong chance that you are not yet following me on Twitter, at S. Crowder, where I'm tweeting all day long. I'm ticking off the social justice warriors. You should see the amount of hate I get on there. Far, far, far worse than any Fat Sports Illustrated model or Black Lives Matter charlatan. So listen, it's free. You get to be entertained and you can chime in. Also, if you're following me on Twitter, you can send me your tweets and maybe you'll be lucky enough. And I mean lucky enough because I have a lot of followers, okay, that they call me the follower machine to have your tweet to me or not gay Jared included in our rockinest tweet of the week. So follow me on Twitter at S Crowder. If not, I don't want to say I have sights on your mother, but... Oh, she's dead? You're just saying that because I made a mom joke. No, she's really dead? Well, you kind of walked into it.
Glad to be back. That was my white guy dance. That was my my white guy dance. You have others? All the uh, father-in-laws do at the weddings. They just like put their hands up. and it's, Absolutely fascinating. Is it a man or a Muppet dance? No one knows. Nobody knows. Kalani Noir coming up after this break. Yes. A uh, lot of people. Some people suggested Airplane, Porky's, uh, PC's Beard, Chewbacca's Lover. They were talking about some of these films out there. So a lot of people have some input. I'm pretty proud of our list, though. Pretty proud. I think it was a pretty, pr- pretty good list. Uh, so something I want to talk about with the election. My wife and I were in, uh, in, in northern Michigan recently, uh, where we often go, and we were driving up. One thing I will tell you, we live in a pretty suburban area, a very conservative suburban area. We've seen no Trump signs where we are. Completely anecdotal, but I know Completely the same anecdotal. Thing. Comple- this is anecdotal, but I want to talk about this because I think that it, it, anecdotally, too, it reflects a different reality between online and the real world. We've seen a few Hillary signs. Now, when we were driving up north in more rural areas, we did notice something. Far more Trump signs. We said, wow, there are so many Trump-Pence signs out here. Uh, by the way, my family, they also live in the mo- one of the most conservative uh, counties in the United States, in Texas, as far as a big city. So a big city, the most conservative county with, I think, over whatever it is, over half a million people in the country. No Trump signs. This is suburban. So we go up north and we say, wow, you know, there are a lot more Trump-Pence signs. So maybe, maybe this is... And then we realized, we said, let's start counting. And we realized there weren't as many as we thought. It's just that we hadn't seen any. So here's something that, so I think probably outnumbered Hillary in the rural areas two to one, but it wasn't huge. Hmm. But here's something we noticed. We saw so many more local signs, uh, yard signs, whether for state rep, whether for congressman, judge. We saw so many more state signs. It it wasn't even close. And and that's not common at all in election year. You think about Romney, you think about Obama, even going back to McCain-Palin. During an election year, almost everyone has the national election sign. Mm-hmm. Bumper stickers, the whole thing. Bumper stickers. You yep. haven't seen that a lot on either side. Certainly less on both sides. But I've certainly seen less on uh, the Trump side than I did with, with Romney and McCain. Less with Hillary Clinton. We actually see more Bernie signs still than Hillary, I would say, where we are. Where we are, yeah, I think so. Could just be because they're too lazy to scrape it off their bumper. I mean, they aren't yeah. Bernie voters. So they want, they want someone else to do it with their tax dollars. So we noticed this, that we actually started counting. So we said, okay, let's actually count a national sign. And here's something I need to tell you, too, how we, the methodology here. If there was a national sign, like a Trump-Pence, but there were five local signs, we didn't count it. We counted the number of houses while we were driving. We said, okay, if there's a national sign on the yard, we count that to every other house after it with any local signs without a national sign. So if we saw Trump-Pence and then we saw a local sign, local sign, local sign with no national, then another Trump-Pence, that would be, you know, a three-to-one ratio. So we started doing this, whether it was Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump, the national to local. And we would say, okay, boom, there's a Hillary Clinton sign. And on average, we did, we probably did, gosh, anywhere from 70 to 150 did this. We counted about a five or six to one ratio of local signs to national signs in an election year. It wasn't even close. There were, people were far more likely to put up local elected official signs than national signs, which should tell you something. Here's something else we noticed. We said, you know what? I don't know all these local people. So we did some searches. Okay, we know this person is a Republican for judge. We know this. Okay, so we were able to figure out something I noticed for sure. Uh, if someone put up a Hillary sign, it was far more likely to be accompanied by local signs. It was far more likely for Republicans to put up only Republican signs. So at about a three to one margin, we were much more likely to see local Republican signs without a Trump sign. With Hillary, it might have been two to one with Democrats. Two to one, locals, 
uh, without national. With Trump, uh, it was anywhere from three to one to four to one. So what does that tell you? That tells you that a lot of people are ashamed of their national candidate, and it tells you the opposite. Well, it could tell you that people vandalize national election signs right That's now. That's true. But it tells you the opposite of what I think a lot of people have been saying about the secret Trump vote. These people are out there. They're very proud to support their Republicans. But I think a lot of people, again, this 42% wall, are just not proud enough that they want to put the Trump sign out there. I mean, a huge, huge margin for only local signs uh, as opposed to national signs. It says they're enthusiastic about this election. They want to support their local representatives, but they're just not there nationally. I think a lot of people on both sides here are holding their nose. I think in previous elections, Mm -hmm. the Democrats were very enthusiastic about Barack Obama. Republicans, not as much with McCain and Romney, Mm -hmm. more so with Romney. I think this election, they're not enthusiastic about either presidential candidate but if you look at the statistics, probably less so, less Republicans are be, being very supportive of Donald Trump. Have you noticed that? I have noticed that. Certainly with the signs I've been counting. In fact, it, it struck me the other day when I when I was coming to the studio and I noticed a Trump sign. It was the first Trump sign I noticed in this area, I think, ever. I, I don't think I've seen any at all. And so it struck me as weird. Also, I do think it's weird. I, I've talked to, you know, this, this is uh, contrasting the online people with people, you know, in everyday life. I've talked to doctors. I've talked to uh, um, Uber drivers, people I've talked to at coffee shops. I've yet to meet anybody who's enthusiastic one way or another about this election. Everyone, the consensus is wildly, they just really can't stand either one. Right. And if you're online in a comment section, they say, no one can anticipate the enthusiasm for Donald Trump. I just I, don't think that's reality. I found it. No. I think there's... Even, I think people, even people I know who were at one point enthusiastic or hopeful are just like, I'm just trying to salvage... Any guy can't out of this. I don't know. It just sucks. Yeah. People I know who who probably still pull a lever for Trump, for instance, right. but they're just kind of at that. We'll just and trudge I through this one way or another. It'll be interesting to see moving forward with elections. Is this specifically because of these two candidates, or is this just how elections are going to go? Because in the age of information, there's too much info in everybody to make them unlikable. I mean, think of presidents in 30 years. It's going to be this man is running for president. Here's his Reddit account, Sweet Cherry 69. And uh, here was the amount of pornography that he liked. Or here was him at 13 years old using a racist slur on Call of Duty. I mean, everyone is going to have dirt on them. That, that, so I don't. is it because these two people are genuinely unlikable mm-hmm. to a huge percentage of the electorate? Or is this just kind of what we have to accept with national elections going forward? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. But it is a noticeable shift from the last several. I think so. I concur completely. I don't think it, I don't. I think we can regain the enthusiasm going forward. I think this is just a really, really bizarre year. I don't know if we could write off all future elections for enthusiasm, but I think this is hopefully not a trend in that right. direction. The game has certainly changed. It has, regardless. But I, I don't expect them all to be. I mean, listen, you're talking about the two candidates with the highest unfavorability ratings in the history Ever. of the United States, number one and number two. Um. But it was really striking when we started doing the counting. So I'd love for you to do your own experiments and uh, tweet us or email us. Because I'm curious. I know this is entirely anecdotal. Before we were talking about stats, this was anecdotal. Uh, but now we're going to get up close and personal with Colai Noir talking about the Second Amendment. Stay tuned to your racist. Earth. Fire. Wind. Water. By your powers combined, I am Captain Planet! Captain Planet, he's a hero, gonna take pollution down 
zero. Okay, Planeteers, it's time to take this evil corporate oil baron down to size. Fire! Light his powder kegs! You got it, Captain! Fire! Hard! Shut up! Try this one on for size, Mr. Businessman! Oh no! The Planeteers and Captain Planet! You've lit all my oil on fire! Oh, my profits are ruined! You'll never get away with this! Looks like we just did, Mr. Oil Man! Hey there, Captain and Planeteers. Remember, only you can prevent... Wait! What the shit? Hey, Smokey! Seriously, what you, you lit that whole... Do you realize what you've just done with this brush fire? Yeah, we cut that Texas corporate oil man down to size! No, no, you have just destroyed the habitats of countless animals. And likely killed the Johnson family. They live out there in the woods in a cabin. They're, they're probably dead. Well, at least we know that oil man won't be cutting any more slimy deals anytime soon. No, no, put that ring down. This is serious. There are people in there. Have you ever seen what a third-degree burn looks like? Smokey, I think you're being too hard on the children. They're only trying to save the environment. Oh, right, Captain, and what a great track record they have. Isn't that right, Mrs. Water Hurricane Katrina? That wasn't my fault. Who builds a city below sea level? No, no, it was your fault. And you should be ashamed, just like that ginger in this brush fire. Smokey, I think it's time for you to calm down. Oh, is that right, Mr. Earth? Because it just so happens that only you can prevent me kicking your ass. Come here. Oh, ah, 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 He's a gamer. Look, he's got his dance is far better than us. Not oh, to make man. it racially motivated off the bat, but that was to be expected. You can watch a fifth season of his show. It's titled Noir at NRATV.com. Colion Noir. Hey, right away, is that a real name or stage name? Stage name. Okay. Uh, he didn't even he didn't even has it. Did you? This is pretty convenient. When I started, man, like there was this this was like these websites trying to tear me down as if I was, like I was some manufactured black guy who was made up a name and then the NRA saw me on the corner of the street selling drugs and said, hey, boy, come over here and say these words on this paper. Right. Um, you know, like, like I was trying to hide the fact that it was a stage name. Like, no one's that cool. Going on Noir. Maybe him and, um, him and uh, Andrew WK hang out and... Yeah, Andrew WK, uh, the Illuminati. Promote the Illuminati. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, It'll exist. I, I did, I did get accused of being an Illuminati in one of my videos. Though. Oh, of course you did. Naturally. I was, I was kind of happy about it. Yeah, I know. I, every now and then we just throw it out there and we'll like we'll throw something on Twitter like, hey, when's the Illuminati meeting this Tuesday? Oh, wait, delete. And then you'll get actual people like, I knew it! I knew it! It's like, okay. Just one. everybody the perks are not worth it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just one frame on a video of the You know what? Here, let's do this. Let's give the conspiracy theorists something to go with. Oh, there you go. Illuminati symbol. There you go. That's going to be a screenshot, and there's going to be an entire 20-minute video about how we're all in the Illuminati. <laughs> this got off track. Okay, so, Coline, we have a bunch to talk about with this election, obviously, as a Second Amendment guy. Um, you just recently, and we've written about this a lot, 
at louderwithcrowder.com, and I saw a clip I thought it was uh, important for people to know. You were talking about Hillary Clinton's comments on the Australia gun uh, buyback program and, and yeah. why that's important to know. Tell people who, who may not know about it, because that's most people. Yeah. She, she loves playing in, in the word, in semantic vagary, so, yeah. so to speak. Um, when you hear buyback, you think, okay, yeah, good thing. You know, you you have guns you want to get rid of. You want to get guns off of the street, the evil guns that keep walking around shooting people. Um, and then you sell them back and you get money for it. And we get the guns off the street. The thing about it is there's a, there's a huge distinction between a mandatory buyback and a voluntary buyback. Right. Or being mandatory. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know how that's a buyback. It's basically they're taking your stuff and they toss you a couple bucks. I mean, it's like literally like if I saw you on the street and I robbed you and I was like, hey, Hey, Steven, yeah. give, give up the Watchman. I'll give you $20 for it, but give up the Watchman. That's a robbery. Right, that, yeah, exactly. That's a watch buyback. <laughs> yeah. I think my iPad's worth more than a quarter. You don't want it? You don't want it? All right, seriously. Yeah. yeah. And so for a lot of people, they get, these, they get that confused because in Australia, what they don't understand is it was a mandatory buyback program. And not only was it mandatory, it was for a limited period of time. You had about a year, I believe, to sell back all the, the restricted guns that were prohibited now. And then after that fact, it, you, you weren't even getting paid anymore. They were like, do it now or get in trouble. Right. Yeah. That's, exactly. that's a huge difference between setting up in a little local elementary school is somewhere in some neighborhood and saying, if you have guns you want to get rid of, no questions asked, and we'll give you money for it. Right. Come here and give us your guns. Yeah. And Two for, totally different. Well, and for people who don't know, some states have done that. Some counties yeah. have done mm -hmm. that. Those voluntary gun buyback uh, Detroit. Programs. Detroit, I think, is the one that's done it. Really? Yeah, because yep. that should be on the top of Detroit's priorities <laughs> list. <laughs> they're walking past the UAW members stabbing a kid in the public schooling program, and they're, <laughs> sell your gun, please. Um, yeah, well, the thing is, people don't understand that, too, with Australia, and it, it hasn't helped the crime. It hasn't helped the murder rate. But it, you made a good point that Hillary Clinton was talking about the states uh, and then did a quick pivot to Australia. And you were talking about the fact that she used this delineation means she understands that it's mandatory, but she's hiding it from people. Yep, absolutely, because she's saying, she ended her comment by saying, yes, we should definitely look to Australia as a model of how to do this on a national level. Right. Well, you just talked about an example of it on a local level. Why do you need Australia to use as a model for doing it on a national level, but for the distinction, which is that Australia's version was mandatory. Exactly. You would just say, why don't we look to whatever, Hartford, exactly. Connecticut, on a national exactly. level. But instead you're saying, well, why don't we look to Australia? Well, why? Well, because it's a mandatory buyback. Yeah, but she's not going to say that, though. No, she's not going to say that. Um, gosh, it is it is tough. Well, I know to some people you're an enigma because mm -hmm. you're, you have more melanin in your skin in case you didn't realize you're No, 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 no. I'm, D I'm Dominican. You're Dominican, okay. Yeah, which would actually still mean I have a lot more melanin. Mel you still have more melanin. That's why I didn't say black. See, and you, st you just, you just he's so quick to throw the racist card. But you have this out there. So a lot of black people obviously aren't conservative. It's like n Trump is getting maybe 9% of he's lucky with black people. Mm -hmm. But you obviously are very educated and you talk a lot about the Second Amendment issue. Do you think that, and you're the only person I know really doing that actively, do you feel that the Second Amendment issue is an issue if you were to take individually, maybe would be a more strong issue with the black community than maybe the Republican platform? Or do you think it's just kind of one they're apathetic about? No, black people own guns. <laughs> okay. It, like it's, it, it, the thing about it is it's, it's how we go about it. Um, right. Other cultures tend to be feel more comfortable being more vocal about their ownership of firearms. And the reason why is because there's been this, I, I always say this before, the, the image of a black person owning a gun has been hijacked. Right. Because what you get is you get um, a, you get a pushing of this kind of gangbanger, 
D-boy mentality or projection that you get from from the music, from uh, mainstream media, from movies, whatever the case may be. Right. So that is largely the only representation you see of black men owning firearms. And so what that has done is that cultivated an environment where black people own firearms, but we just don't talk about it. It's the, it's the whole concept of, well, I'm the young black guy. So I know people are automatically going to assume I must, be into, I must be doing something illegal mm-hmm. as a result because all most people know about black people owning firearms is what they've seen through uh, the mainstream media, so to speak. And so the image of black firearm ownership has been skewed way past. That's a good point. I think when a lot of people picture just sort of, you know, mommy and daddy and homeowner, you know, fingerprint, gun safe for home protection. I haven't seen a lot. I don't know that I've ever seen a situation where that was portrayed as a black person. You're not going to. Okay. Because especially when we talk about the era where they were pushing this, this, uh, the super predator predator rhetoric, right? Uh, that that in and of itself had a big part to play in that as well. Um, and so what you ended up finding is that most black people just won't won't talk about it. I did a a, a show um, on my show noir. I did an episode where I was uh, speaking with this young guy who just recently graduated. He was about to graduate from high school, and he lived in one of the um, one of the hoods here in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, we were walking around the neighborhood, and I was with my camera crew. Um, some of them kind of looked like. YouTube. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. Very out of place in South Dallas, to say the least. <laughs> and so uh, we went to his grandmother's house and um, we, you know, I was speaking with his grandmother and she was like, uh, you probably don't want to walk down that street because you're going to get shot at because y'all look, y'all look like, like, like the feds. So um, <laughs> but, even you or just them? Uh, well, I, I, I mean, they were just, I, I don't know. No, 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 okay. All right. I, I just heed warning whenever it's given. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just generally, you could get shot, period, there. Just cross um, it off your list. Good, yeah. yeah. But it was interesting. She was just like, what, what are y'all doing with my nephew? And um, and I was like, my grandson or whatever. And I was like, well, you know, we're, we're talking to him about the idea of the Second Amendment, firearm ownership, because he was he was adamantly against it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was very, very conscious young man, very smart, uh, very into his culture and understanding black history and things of that nature. And... Um, and I was talking to him, I was, I was kind of showing, I was kind of talking to him and basically saying, you know, like, they don't, I don't necessarily think having an anti-gun stance correlates with, with a lot of our history mm-hmm. um, as, as a community. And so when I brought that up to her, she was like, oh, baby, she's like, we all own guns around here. We just don't talk about it. That's true. I mean, she said that verbatim. Well, especially if it's in a bad area, because that can make you a target just because they try and steal it. There's that also. Yeah. But then again, it's all, it really comes down to just, it's just basic logic. If, if I'm in an environment where things aren't exactly the best, um, I'm probably going to want a means by which to protect myself. I'm using my, my monitors to light. Oh, so okay. I was going to say. Can barely back. see anymore. <laughs> but um, the, the, the idea of firearm ownership to me is so incredibly simple now. Right. Now, the one thing I have to be careful of is I, I, I've seen both sides of this perspective. I wasn't always this way. I didn't shoot my first gun until I was about 25, 26. What, made you, what made you do that? So were you anti-gun or just sort of, again, neutral? I was scared of guns, leaning more towards being anti. Okay. Um, and it largely due to the fact that I, I just didn't like the idea of somebody having the power to immediately kill me whenever they felt like they could. Yeah. Um, not really. For me, it's very comforting because I work with not gay Jared. So I, it makes me sleep better knowing I've got that, <laughs> that Trump card. Go ahead. <laughs> look at, look at, look at. <laughs> <laughs> He's packing right here. It's just off camera. He always carries. So, you know, hey, listen, it's, you know, me, I have this, there's this something there. Right? Yeah. There's, there's always. Oh, there you go. Uh, oh, wait, 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 was that was that the Walther uh, people? No, uh, the HKBP. Oh, the HK. Okay, they look very similar. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, they do. They do share similar uh, ergonomics. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Continue. So you were you were afraid of guns. So what made you purchase your first firearm then? 
Well, I had a friend of mine who had, who had a gun. He hadn't shot it in several years. It randomly just was just like, I'm going to the gun range. Do you want to go? Real good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and initially, my initial reaction was, no, I don't want to go. I don't want anything to do with guns. I, I'm just like, eh. But at that point, I was like, I felt a little weird. I almost felt silly being scared of an inanimate object the way I was. I didn't like that idea. Right. Um, and I'd gone through a trying time in my, at that point in my life, and I'd overcome something that I think I wouldn't have been able to. Um, and so I was kind of in this, this mindset now of facing fears and getting over them. Like, I just tried oysters. Now I want a submachine gun. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I know the mindset. I've had that period in my life as well. I've never had oysters. They're pretty gross. They are. They look pretty gross. They are gross. It's like snot in a seashell. Continue. I, I think I think I'm allergic. For some reason, when I eat seafood, I don't have a reaction. But for some reason, I think I'm allergic. Well, there you go. Just use that one. That's what I say about cats. I hate them. That's all it is. I don't like cats. It's like ah, I'm allergic. What do you? What can you do? And I move on down the trail. So okay. So this invitation shooting range. Then you say, I'm okay, gonna do yeah. it. We get so we get to shooting range, right? And I'm I'm terrified, dude. Like I'm terrified. And I walk in the door, and I'm like, I don't want him to judge me. I don't, you know. So I just go through with it. And I get to the door, and then. One of the door, the, the door that kind of uh, sections off, you know, the actual storefront and then actual shooting range open. And then I can hear the pop, 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 right. pop. And I was like, oh, what did I get myself into? Um, and I remember going up to the going up to the line. He had a, um, it was a, what was it? I got the gun. I can't believe I forgot the name of the gun. It was a, a Taurus. Oh, okay. It was a Taurus 40, 40 caliber, a 40 Smith & Wesson Taurus uh, subcompact. It was a Millennium. Uh, one two thousand or something like that. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's in my safe here, so I go grab it later. But um, we were there and we were shooting, and I remember very vividly. This was so vivid. Um, I remember the first shot. Completely terrified, pulled the trigger, and it was like the world exploded around me. Right. Um, it's just like, oh my gosh, I don't understand what just happened. This is terrifying. I I, I, I think I'm dead, but I'm not sure. <laughs> but I'm conscious, so maybe I'm still alive. Um, and then I was like, let's do it again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then that's what changed it was just that yeah, and then it, from it, there it sounds so cliche no no i think cool. everyone needs to shoot a gun at some point we've talked about that where if only even if they don't have that moment like you did where they become fans or enthusiasts where almost everybody does but even if they don't they at least have respect for the power associated with it and what is required to handle a firearm and they'll never believe the films anymore like shoot it they she shot him in the leg from no way <laughs> all it takes is one trip to the range it destroys your whole concept oh of movies gosh. now. Like you can't watch them the same way you used to. Like I, well, now I'm kind of a douchebag about it now. So anytime I watch a movie with somebody, I'm like, I have that gun. I have that one too. Right. I have that, and I have that one. Yeah. You, so yeah, you're I, looking for it all the time. It's oh, like yeah. when you just bought a new car or something, and then all of a sudden you see it everywhere. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And uh, and you're counting the rounds. You're going like, hold on a second. No, the Glock 19 <laughs> doesn't have 23 <laughs> rounds. No way. <laughs> So true. <laughs> yep, yep. You, you gotta almost turn that part of your mind off in order to enjoy action movies. All especially over. when Cobra hits the screen. Yeah, Ugh. especially when Cobra was Stallone. You're like, nah. Well, that, that's so far gone that you don't have no expectations of of it being even remotely accurate. So okay, so before this, and I don't want to mischaracter. Oh gosh, we have yeah. to go to a break soon. I don't want to mischaracterize you. So we'll talk about it more after the break. You are politically independent. I would say probably lean right. Watching some of your content. Um, I, I was. I'm. I'm just. I'm just right of center. Just right of center. Now, do you think the firearm ownership was a catalyst for that, or was that the case beforehand and it made you realize it? We'll talk about it after. Well, how long do we have? Yeah, about 
10 seconds. Oh, okay. We'll talk about it after the break. Colliant Noir, NRATV.com. Stay tuned. If you tune out, that means you hate Dominicans, I think he said. Don't do that. I'm really not Dominican. Oh, oh. Well, whatever. <laughs> you hate racist regardless. Jared, what are you doing? Shooting bad guys. With what? By AR-15. Where'd you get it? AR-15.com. Enunciate it more clearly so our audience can hear. AR-15.com. That's better. They sell guns now? Yeah, they do. Are they any good? They're the best. Where from? AR-15.com. Kaboom. Kaboom. You really make that sound? Didn't have the budget for sound effects. Kaboom. Kaboom. Oh, there's another one. Kaboom. You got him! With what? AR-15. From where? AR-15.com. Hey, how do you know they're bad guys? They're reds and burkas. Kaboom! That's racist! And I don't want nobody. Want nobody. And I don't want nobody. You got that right. Glad to be back. That is Pogo, who has a new song up, uh, Redux of the Fresh Prince, which I love. It brings me back down memory lane. Mm-hmm. Noir, in its fifth season at NRATV.com. Colion Noir, thanks for staying with us. So before the break, you said you're just right of center. Were you always that way, or did it take that gateway of firearms and kind of it brought you to this understanding of liberty? I've, see, I've seen it as a great gateway drug. It, absolutely. It, it really, honestly, it was, it was really law school. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, when, you, when, you can get, when you start to become even more analytical and really start looking and viewing the world um, that way, um, it, it just kind of forced me to start looking at everything from a more object, objective standpoint and not necessarily with my emotions and just kind of my feels all the time. Right. And, and I learned to balance, balance those two things. Um, and then the firearm component really espoused my idea and concept of freedom. Right. That's, right. that's what really took that to a whole new level. Um, because I understood, especially when I first carried, when I started carrying a gun for the very first time, um, you don't realize how subconsciously you kind of, and some people are going to hear this and think that it's paranoia or I'm walking around life terrified. I'm not, but you start to understand there's a sense of empowerment that comes with carrying a firearm that allows me to be independent. Right. It's, it's, so if anything happens, I may still die. Something that may not work. Yeah. If you keep going down those streets, the grandma told you not to, there's a good chance. Yeah. You know, that's where I'm good. That's where I'm good. <laughs> but it, it at least I can take comfort in understanding that I can put up a decent fight. Right. Well, I think that's the same thing. Even before carrying, you know, my dad and I, it sounds silly, but we've talked about, um, you know, combat sports, combat arena martial arts, not the BS, like the Kung Fu and the silly <laughs> Olympic Taekwondo. But I mean, the, Brazil- artistic, the artistic martial arts. Yeah. The, yeah. Well, like Brazilian, yeah. Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, Judo, wrestling, boxing. Um, and when you reach a certain level in proficiency and you've won a certain amount of, of uh, competitions, actual full bore, you know, you go, okay, I realize what I didn't know before. And there's a confidence that comes with it. And that's why I think you find probably the same thing with a lot of gun owners. Uh, but certainly with a lot of fighters uh, or people who are accomplished, I mean, we're around professional fighters all the time. They are the first to de-escalate a situation generally and avoid conflict because they understand the responsibility that comes with it. Absolutely. I, I remember when I first started carrying, especially having a gun more consistently, like in my car. I tell people all the time, I do not do road rage. 
Oh, really? I don't. I don't entertain it. I, if, if I get angry, I, I literally have to talk myself down. I don't honk. I don't do any of that stuff. I do and, all of it. Yeah. <laughs> Not gonna Jared's been in the car. So sure. <laughs> it's, I get so mad. Oh my gosh. It's one of those. Yeah. Wait it I, out. I, Wait it out. <laughs> I, I, I don't do it because I understand how uh, the, the implications, right. especially now that there's a firearm that could possibly be in play. I would never think to go to that firearm. But let's say, for instance, I've now put myself in a position with somebody who does have a firearm and does decide to take it there. Now right. I have to bring the firearm into play. What, um, right. Let me give you an example here. I don't. I think I'm okay with telling the story. So you're in Dallas. My dad is trained there. Guy Mezgers, he's a former UFC champion, so he runs a gym there. Very accomplished. And there was a situation where um, some guys kind of, I don't know, they tried to rough him up in a parking lot or something like that. It might have been over a parking space. They escalated it, and they, they came at him, like two or three guys. So, right, think about this. You're untrained. If they're the first thing most people do is going to start swinging, right? And they're just going to get beat to high heaven. This is one of my favorite stories. What he did was he tossed one, so tossed him down and got him in a chokehold. And he said, you come one step closer, your friend gets it. I'm choking out your friend. And so they just got back in their car. And that's the force, you know, if you didn't know how accomplished you were in Europe, you didn't have confidence in your abilities, you'd just be swinging wildly. And you, uh, you wouldn't be able to, to, to get it going. I think we lost him. He's coming back here, Kalian Noir. He is coming back. We are bringing him back we in. We are bringing him back. All right, we lost him for a second. Sorry about that. I'm running two computers here, and I get confused what keyboards. Well, are. shut off one computer on the program, for crying out loud. So um, anyway, that was always one of my favorite stories, because it came with the guy who you would think would be the most violent, and it was the least violent way to deal with the situation. You know what's funny about that? An interesting dynamic you, you explained there, and I don't know if you picked up on it. Um, when I talk to people about owning a firearm, especially women, um, a lot of women that I've talked to, uh, um, they when I talk to some of them, like oh, I don't want a gun, I don't want to have to shoot anyone. I, I, you know, I, that thought of shooting someone terrifies me. I was like, would you shoot someone if they're trying to hurt your kid in a heartbeat? Right. For some reason, people are incredibly vigorous when it comes to the idea of using a gun to defend somebody they love. Right. A little bit more passive when it comes to the idea of using a gun to defend against somebody in, in terms of themselves. It's probably false guilt, like pride, like, oh, I would just take it. Well, I think that's also why you have so many of these social justice warriors who go out there, they're single, they're in college or post-college, they have no families, they have no wives, they're living on, and that's why it's easier for them to align with the gun control, the the, the, the anti-gun side of things, because they never had a thought, think about protecting and, somebody else. And yeah. not only that, that's a good point, they're also surrounded by people who share their opinion, right? The second yeah. you come out and you say something, I'm sure you've gotten death threats, as yours truly has. The second you say something unpopular, you understand the need to protect yourself. If you're in an echo chamber and you've never taken a risk in your positions, well, you don't understand the need for self-preservation. No. Um, I, I had an issue with, like, for instance, my mother. I had somebody, there was a website. You shot your mother? No, no, no. <laughs> God forbid. <laughs> <laughs> They, um, they this is a Ben Carson. <laughs> oh, God. All right, go ahead. Let the man speak. <laughs> they, um, they posted my mom's address online. <sighs> and, and it was their attempt to out me. Like, this is his address. This is where he lives and all the stuff like that. And I didn't live there. I lived there when I was in college. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't live there anymore. And, you know, I reached out to him like, man, look, I don't live there anymore. I'll give you my current address. Just take that one down. And, and they were like, no. So I was like, damn it. So my mom's like, <laughs> seriously religious, right? Right. Um, and so I'm like, mom, here's this Smith & Wesson MNP. I'm leaving here with you because I'm not here as much anymore. Use it. Keep it. In the event something happens. And she fought me. And she was like, son, I have the Lord. I was like, mom, I was like, 
Yes, I understand that. But here's a gun for your protection in case something. She's like, son, I don't need that. Jesus will take care of me. I was like, yeah, Jesus gave you a son so that he can give you a gun. So <laughs> take, <laughs> take the gun and keep it. She, she ended up taking it. Um, and and she, she, she understands now. Yeah. But that vulnerability, it, it hit me harder than, than seeing my vulnerability. You know, right. um, it was with her. It, I, I, it really hit me. And I was like, Jesus, I'm like, what am I going to do now? I have to, I realize how vulnerable I am in terms of people around me that I love and being and doing what I can to protect them the best way that I can. Uh, we have to go. You know what? If he has a couple of minutes, let's do uh, people know a uh, web extended version here. Lotterwithcrowder.com to give him some thoughts uh, unfiltered on the election. Fifth season of Noir, NRA TV.com. Colin Noir, thank you very much, sir. Stay tuned for Web Extended. If you tune out, that means you hate Dominicans and or fake Dominicans, as we've learned. Welcome to Wild at Large on the Nature Network, narrated by Jasper Prong. Oh, the hippopotamus, known to many by its scientific name, the Amius schumarius, commonly mistaken as nature's most affable clown. The hippopotamus conceals a more sinister nature, often only revealing itself when provoked in bombastic violent outbursts. A common fact oft overlooked by the layman, the hippopotamus is actually responsible for more deaths on the African continent than crocodiles and lions combined. This oft goes unnoticed due to the bulbous comedic nature and the sheer physicality of the Amius Shumarius. Its rotund size, often seen as a virtue or advantage in nature, however, for the hippopotamus sadly has become a crutch on which she desperately relies for her livelihood. The sad, cruel tricks life plays... Oh, boy, would, would you look at those cankles? Oh, wow, that... I tell you who that reminds me of. Damn it, Jasper, do the lines. No, I, I know. I'll, I'll get to the lines in a moment. But look, look at those, those. There's no joint there. Those cankles. You know, you know who that reminds me of? No, Jasper. Well, I'll tell you exactly who. My ex-wife. But not at the beginning of our relationship. Oh boy, she had legs for days. That tall, cool glass of water. Next thing you know, we get married. We come back two days from our honeymoon in Tahiti. There's no joint there. Just cankles. Oh my God, Jasper, just do the lines. And you know what, I'll tell you, I've learned something during these nature programs, by God. There are certainly parallels between what happens in the animal kingdom and with us humans. That, that, that hippopotamus relies on that fat to live. That's what happened with my ex-wife, just like the Amius Shumarius. All of a sudden, she had those cankles put on some weight, but if you mentioned it, by God, you'd be taken out to the butcher. Jasper, I want to get out of here on time. Do the lines. You know what, you're right. She ruined my life when I was married to her. She doesn't need to ruin my life now. I can go back to doing what I love. This program, she won't take that from me, by God. Bulbous fat bitch. Stay tuned for more Wild at Large on the Nature Network. Narrated by Jasper Prox. Glad to be with you. We are in. Are we in the third hour? In the third we hour. Are in the third hour. Oh Crazy. man, I just got dizzy. I just realized I didn't eat really? anything. And uh, boy, 
It's been a little bit of a, of a, of a weird day. Uh, Courtney Kirchhoff going to be coming up in the middle here. Yep. Not only she'll, So she'll be expanding on what we're going to talk about now from a female angle. And I think she's actually about to vote Donald Trump for people who don't know. She was kind of up in the air about yep. it. We're not never Trumpers here. Of course, of course, we've never uh, been huge fans of the guy, but we've, we've tried to approach it in a balanced way. And I think uh, last time I spoke with her, it sounds like that's what she's going to be doing. So it'll be interesting to see if the debate pushes someone like her over the edge. Uh. Um, hey, couple of things. I guess we'll have to talk about this in the closing segment. One thing that I think is really dangerous out there, a lot of people just, they talk in these false platitudes or a soundbite. And uh, the whole right now, you, you'll see it a, a lot on Twitter from uh, Donald Trump's surrogates are going, failure's not an option. It, and that's kind of, I think, emblematic of what's so wrong right now. Th- these are pe- people who say that are people who've never actually tested themselves, challenged themselves. My friend Chael has talked about this. Uh, failure is always an option. And right now for Donald Trump, for the Republicans, it's, it's the most likely option. It doesn't mean you're a quitter to acknowledge that failure is always an option. It means you're more productive. It means that you acknowledge the reality of the situation and are more solution-oriented to try and fix it. And so when people say, well, actually, failure is an option, listen. <laughs> listen to it. And I wanted to talk, we'll talk about this in the last segment, about this whole uh, myth. A lot of people who've never been in athletics or never done stand-up comedy or never done an individual uh, sort of endeavor, when they say, oh, you just reach, you just reached down deep and found it. That, that doesn't happen. It's a myth. Uh, but not in a way that's as negative as you would think. Before we get to the Amy Schumer thing, I've got this up on my screen. Uh, trans teen sued Catholic school. Lily Madigan, an 18-year-old student at St. Simon's Stock Catholic School in Maidstone, Kent, sued the school, became a girl, and then uh, administrators said that she, administrators said he wouldn't be able to use the women's bathroom, sued, and won. So... This is remember when they said Christians are just being silly when they say this is a slippery slope. Well, here we are. You have to bake cakes for any gay wedding. You have to cater gay weddings. You have to open your bed and breakfast for gay honeymoons. And now, private Catholic school, you have to push the anti-LGBTQ AAIP agenda. Even if it flies in the face of science right now. This is where the left is truly anti-science. There's no doubt about it. You will be made to care. You will be made to agree with them. Suing a Catholic's, come on now, this is what the liberals would have used. Listen, (laughs) no one's going to try and force churches to perform gay weddings. Listen, no one's going to try and force Catholic schools to let trannies use the bathroom. Here you are. Behold your tolerance, your anti-science tolerance. Okay, speaking of which, one thing we often get, why do you talk about Amy Schumer or Lena Dunham so much? If you actually listen to the show... Or follow, uh, you know, we write daily articles like six to eight every day at lotterwithcrowder.com. I'd say it's probably about 3% of what we do. The reason, however, Amy Schumer and Lena Dunham keep coming up is they are this generation's Barbra Streisand. They're being pushed as these unbelievable strong feminists. I mean, pushed. They're being dollied out, you know. Yeah. You need to get rid of the friction. Exactly. You need to use leverage at this point. Technology helps. Yeah. Yeah. Unlike the Native Americans who didn't use the wheel. We brought smallpox, smallpox, and we, we brought the ability to roll the things. Their scooters have hemis. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why it's so important. And Amy Schumer, this week, content machine that she is for yes, us, the content machine that she is for us, uh, went on a rant at her show against Donald Trump. Let's 
for those of you who don't know, let's listen to a couple clips. So I, I like Hillary because um, I, I performed at her. I know, I know you're here to laugh, but you know what? You choose your life. You choose where, the way you want to live your life. It's just too important. It's just too important. So we're going to spend five minutes. My gosh, listen to that. Listen to the arrogance in that. It's just too important. So you're going to spend five minutes. She's decided. You paid for a comedy show, but Amy Schumer has decided that her opinion is so valuable, by God, you're going to hear it because she's going to do her girlfriend, fat girlfriend, fat Kinkle's girlfriend. I'm going to do me. But, yeah, but, 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 but these people didn't come. They came to see some comedy. No, I'm going to go out there and shill for Hillary. What's the next clip so I know if I need to... This is where things turn rough for the audience. Okay, let's hear this. Um, okay, so just so you know, from now on, if you yell out, you're going to get thrown out. Just so you know, if you, if you yell you can see out... some people leaving. And about 200 <laughs> people approximately left. 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 It started booing. Okay, so everybody point to the people booing. Okay, so go. Told you. And they did. Yeah. Be hard for her to point with her chubby fingers. Like, who are you pointing at? Which one of those three people? I don't know. It's just not, it's <laughs> just not enough of a point. It's more of a, more of a meat hook, really. Um, this is the problem. Listen, no one has a problem with you expressing your political opinion. Okay? And there's a difference between Amy Schumer and someone like a Dennis Miller or a Bill Maher. Or something if you come see a stand-up show with me, I'd say it's probably 70% comedy, maybe 30% of it is political comedy. Um, but you know it getting in. Most of Amy Schumer's fans are not there for her political opinion. She goes on to say that she knew nothing about firearms until people got shot in uh, the train wreck theater in Aurora, and that's what made her want to push banning firearms. She goes on to say that she performed for Hillary, and this is a woman who was in the back pocket of the DNC. So people, most people who go to see her are not liberals. They're not going to, or, or, or I should say, they're not social justice warriors. They're not hardcore leftists. They're going to hear her do the whole, I'm so slutty shtick, eh, vagina joke shtick. That's what they go to see Amy Schumer bit for. And, and in 10 years, she won't be able to do it. In five years, she won't be able to do it. Listen, I get it. She's had a great career, but it's one note. And that's why people come to see Amy Schumer. Train wreck, vagina joke, every single stand-up special. Set your stopwatch 30 seconds until it's Either I'm a slut or vagina joke. That's why they come. They don't come for a political opinion. And the arrogance is what bothers people. The arrogance of an Amy Schumer here that we're going to take five minutes and I'm going to educate you. The, the arrogance of not understanding that people paid hundreds of dollars for this ticket to go out. This is a big deal for a lot of these people. They work long days. They don't make a lot of money. And they want to go out probably on their anniversary, probably on date night. Hey, sweetheart, I spent $250 a ticket to get some halfway decent seats. And we're going to go see Amy Schumer and laugh. But oh my God, because Amy Schumer that night decided that she was going to berate you. You don't get, to, you don't get your money's worth. That's the issue people have. It's not with you having an opinion. It's with you taking up the valuable time that people have paid top dollar for. Most likely to get away from the election. <laughs> yeah, most likely to get away from the election. They go to this to try and escape it. Again, very different if they're going to see Bill Maher or John Stewart or let's say a Trevor Noah. They know what they're getting into. That's not why they went to see Amy Schumer. And well, something that you notice, so you can tell she's not a political comedian, she goes from jokes, right? She goes from jokes to... This is why Donald Trump sucks, and it's not funny. I've heard fantastic Donald Trump jokes. I've heard great Hillary jokes. George Bush jokes are some of my favorite. She's not capable of doing it. It's just hatred. 
And let me read you, she, she then apologized afterward from this walkout because it became viral. She wrote, I have it up here on my screen, Dearest Tampa, I'm sorry you didn't want me, a comedian who talks about what she believes in, to mention the biggest thing going on in the country right now. How could I think it was okay to spend five minutes having a peaceful conversation with someone with different views? After the show, I want you to know that will go straight to a rehab facility and that will teach me how to make all people happy. Both the rich, entitled, white people who are going to vote for him and the very poor people who have been tricked into it. I am so sorry that I call him an orange, sexual, assaulting, fake college-starting monster. Shouldn't have said that. I will never say it again that he is an orange, sexually assaulting, fake college monster. Never again. So that's her bit. That's her, her gag there. Uh, that's how she ties it up in a nice little comedic mm-hmm. bow. Here's the problem with Amy Schumer, too. Uh... It is just the constant professional victim. I'm brave. I take no prisoners. Remember she went out and she, again, her whole shtick is, look how slutty I am. Look how much of a whore I act like. Let's be, that's her shtick. It's fine. I'm not judging her. I'm not condemning her for that. But that's how she made her career. Then a little boy, remember he was in his teens, took a picture with her and said, hey, I met Amy, I spent the night with Amy Schumer. Bet I'm not the first one who said that. And she goes on Twitter to berate the kid. Oh, really? So you're going to call a woman you don't know a slut? Wow, that's really telling. The name of your show is Inside Amy Schumer, and the logo looks like a penis entering a body cavity. And now you're offended that somebody else says, Hey, yeah, I'm making a gag, Amy Schumer, right? She's kind of loose. Oh, my God, I'm so, I can't believe you would do that. She comes out. She's expecting this welcome home party. <laughs> Donald Trump sucks. Donald Trump is stupid. She was expecting, hey. And then she realized, oh, my God, not everybody agrees with your opinion. Oh, my God, this isn't the view oh my word this isn't comedy central there are actually people with differing viewpoints and they weren't rude they booed they started walking out and she couldn't handle it so all of a sudden this woman who nothing's off limits i make fun of everything she gets it sent back her way she can't handle it and she runs into the arms of lena dunham and taylor swift or whoever it is to claim professional victim as a woman And that's why I think all these women claim rape, too, by the way. Amy Schumer, every single female comedian now, what are the chances that every female comedian working today has been raped? It seems higher and higher every day if you look at the uh, (laughs) the old HuffPo It's 100% in the female community. Some would call that staggering. Some would call it almost unheard of. Almost unheard of. Almost very unlikely if you were to take some betting lines on it. But it's the immunity card, right? Well, you can't say this to me because because I was raped. So this is the problem with Amy Schumer. It's just, it is the pinnacle of arrogance. And you see that in this election. I think if nothing else, Hillary Clinton uh, and the, the Democratic establishment right now have shined a light. Uh, they've just, they're, they're just full born. They're not even trying to hide it anymore. And they're not even trying to act as though they're anything other than absolutely thin-skinned, triggered social justice warriors. The facade is off. She's like, you know what? Yeah, I'm, every time I disagree with you, I'm going to claim I was raped or I'm going to claim that you're racist if you don't like what I have to say. This is my shtick. I'm not able to enter the form of ideas. And uh, it, it, it is <laughs> Amy Schumer's everything that is wrong with the feminist left. People are Christian Eldridge and Chewbacca's lover on Twitter are saying, can you talk about your personal story with Amy Schumer at Fox News? I think if you go and watch our debate, people understand it now. She was so furious that I wrote a column for kids who are waiting until they're married. She couldn't believe it and said it was judgmental. She was triggered. Only the word didn't exist. Courtney Kirchhoff, after this, trigger warning.
It pays to be prepared. You don't need to be a doomsday prepper or conspiracy theorist. It's worth it to have peace of mind. And that's why right now, Ladder with Credit has a promotion with preparewithcr.com, where you can go do this online at preparewithcr.com or call 888-457-3453, where you can get your 30-day supply of emergency food, drink, dehydrated food for $99 shipped free. That's at preparewithcr.com or call 888-457-3453. Set it down somewhere in your basement, your den, and forget about it and just know that it's there uh, if you need it. Hey, hey, don't. You won't speak unless spoken to. Sorry. I gotta go to the bathroom. Use the bathroom bucket. Yeah. Oh! Glad to be back with you uh, here in the third hour. We have our uh, our lovely guest who will come. Don't bring her in until the show is flying by. The show is absolutely flying by. Can't believe it. Can't we believe had it. two big live two big live streams. One yesterday with the debates. Mm -hmm. Today it's borderline daily, but you don't a big know vi video, our big video on Monday. I mean, that was we had a big video on Monday. Big week. WikiLeaks. Big, big week. week. Almost daily program. It's it's crazy when you think about it. Hashtag never it's daily. Good thing we never going daily. When you hear this song, though, you know who uh, you know who you're about to hear. Do we have? Uh, that's uh -huh. not royalty free. That's not at all. That's a problem. That's a problem. That's a problem. You know what else is a problem? That's a problem. What? Right there. Oh, can people see her? You can see her. I was gonna say the pop on your mic. Get a pop filter. I at do. Courtney scoffs. At Courtney scoffs. One of uh, the brilliant writers over there at LadderWithCrowder.com. Courtney, thank you for being with us. Oh, thanks for having me. Well, we're glad to have you, sweetheart. You've got Christmas lights behind you there in that studio. That's right. Twinkle lights. Those came out on a stormy day because I'm a basic bitch and <laughs> I'm okay with it. She's got her pumpkin spice latte. Pumpkin spice candles. Lululemon. Um, I have Lululemon. Do you? That's another yes. Montreal company. Uh, there's another one, Lole. I don't know. I'm always surprised when successful businesses come out of Montreal considering just how stifling it is. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's like training with a weighted bat. And they get anywhere else, and it's like, oh my gosh, when you're not in a socialist province, <laughs> things don't suck for business. Um, by the way, men who, almost all men who wear Lululemon are gay, just so you know. It's true. I remember one time I was talking with my, uh, my, my wife's friend who she swore up and down wasn't gay, and now he's out of the closet as gay. And uh, I remember saying like, yeah, you know, it's just hard to find pants that fit, you know, and you have bigger legs. So they have to wear like Under Armour is kind of, he's like, what about Lululemon? And I was like, oh. Well, oh. you're more so concerned with taking them off, oh, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, Courtney, people are going to give you flack. You have not been a big Trump fan. What? Mm -hmm. What is okay? What is your read on last night? You uh, emailed me. First off, she emailed me and she called me a bad word. Her boss, which is totally out of line. That seems appropriate. In my uh, go on. What? But, wait. What did I call you this time? You called me a bitch. Did I? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, you did. Uh, what was your read on the? What was your read on it last night? So last night, for the first time, I didn't hate Trump, mm -hmm. and I think that's the best compliment I can give him. 
he was not my choice. I would have, I, I even took a picture. I voted for Ted Cruz in the primary. Mm-hmm. Um, but last night, Trump wasn't horrible. Right. And I thought he actually took it to Hillary a few times. My big concern was he was going to step all over himself once he got it rolling and he was going to get cocky. He seemed to be able to kind of rein that in a little bit. And for once, it's like, ah, maybe maybe this isn't going to be the blowout, Hillary. But having said that, I don't know that it's going to move the needle. Because if you're on Twitter last night, the Hillary people thought she was winning. The Trump people thought Trump was winning. So I don't know if it's going to make any difference in, in polling. Um have you decided what you're going to do voting election day? I know last time we you were like you were still you didn't quite know. Have you mm-hmm. decided? I'm in Washington, which is a blue state, so it really doesn't matter no, what true. I do. Okay. If if it goes to the electoral college, it's it I maybe would be able to make the blowout not so much of a big deal, but one of these people has to be president. They're both horrible. Mm-hmm. I hate them both. Uh I do and you know, if if Trump loses in a landslide loss, I want, I hate to, I, I don't hate to say this, I want an apology from the Trump people. We told you he was a stinker. We told you he was horrible to women. He bragged about it in his books. None of these things should surprise anybody. Mm-hmm. We we knew that he, he wasn't the best candidate. There were other candidates on that podium who but would have done a But it sounds like you're going to vote for him because one of them has to be president. <sighs> one of them has to be president. And we're not voting for our best friend. We're not voting for somebody who we would have over for Thanksgiving dinner. Right. Um, We know Hillary is corrupt. We know she's terrible. We know she's broken the law. We know she lies. We know she wants to take away our Second Amendment rights and wants some kind of constitutional right to protect abortion. She's uh, the devil. Well, yeah, unlimited into basically like third trimester. Yeah, she's a horrible human being. Trump is a horrible human being, but less and okay. I'm not, and what's so funny is Courtney send your tweets to Courtney she's going to get so much flack mm-hmm. for a very reason that she's like I don't like both either of them I, I've said uh, it's kind of like a credit score of 301 or 530 you can't do crap with either right one is better technically <laughs> technically yeah. better and one Jared's that repossessing your flat screen yeah have and you thought Jared's about voting in Pennsylvania yeah Jared's argument last week was good that uh, Hillary hates our constitutional rights she doesn't like them right Trump if he does surround himself with some good people, um, he's not going to trample all over our rights. Right. So he, he's. But you would say this about so last night is the first. I, I, here's what's telling. We're, we were talking about this earlier. We've had ben, you know, ben Shapiro on tonight. Um, if you people like you or me or Jared, Jared's certainly voting for Trump. It sounds like you are um, who have been critical of him, who are still looking at him, trying to keep him accountable. Their reaction is last night was his best showing. I think everyone here would yes. say that. The hardcore yes. Trump supporters, if you look on Twitter, you look on YouTube, this is actually the performance with which they're most disappointed, which surprised me. They were going, no, oh, Trump. So I think they they, they hmm. like when he's bombastic and he's off point and he's off target because they find it entertaining. And I think that's that disconnect that they don't understand. Not only does that not reach the voters he needs to reach, 42% right. ceiling, but it doesn't even reach Republicans were looking for a reason to vote for him. There was a real divide. People like you say, "Oh, that was his, his best showing." People who yeah. love him say, "Oh, no, he was he came he, yeah. he didn't he wasn't good enough there. He should have been like the second debate." Interesting. Yeah. It it shows so, a real divide, I think. And I I think that's I think we're in a dangerous place with that because healing needs to take place after the election regardless. 
And uh, I don't know if it can. Well, whoever wins, whoever loses, there's going to, we need to make some adjustments. I think Trump is actually the symptom of the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, our pop culture is, is so invested in cult of personality that people get caught up in the personality itself, not people's qualifications. You can actually see that if you go to a job posting, job seekers are, are, are first asking for an employee who has a great personality and their skills are listed second. So yeah. we're so obsessed with how Or if you're applying at Trump Tower, uh, great tits. That's right at the top of the list. Right, right at the top. <laughs> it's right up there. And I can't say entirely. Looks good in a sweater. Yes, looks good in a turtleneck. Um, <laughs> at Courtney Scott, we'll come back and we'll talk about Madonna. And uh, I guess you shall say oral favors is what she did. It's it's political. It's it's not as bad as you think. Stay tuned. <laughs> and now for what's new with John Kasich. Oh, oh, just, oh. Hey, uh, Allison, could could you come into my office, please? Yes, Governor Kasich? Well, listen, I hate to complain, and of course I appreciate you bringing me lunch, but uh, these enchiladas are the verde. Um... Well, I, I ordered the Roja. The 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 red sauce, and that's just that's just that's just my preference. So what do you? Well, I I know you don't want to make another run, but uh, I really can't do the verde. Hi, Governor Kasich. A state representative is here to see you. Oh, I I got sauce all over my hands. Oh, okay, just send him in. I told you to screen for this. This has been What's New with John Kasich. Glad to be with us. That's the first time I think uh, she danced here at Courtney Scoff's. Um, so there we go. I think that's a pretty uh, fair, fair view of Trump. Okay, real quick. Uh, mind, not heart. Who do you think wins the election? Ooh. I'm, I'm going to say Hillary because that's where the numbers are right now. Yeah, I know. But you, that's the Jews uh, But honest to God, honest it. to God, I, I, I think it's going to be a nail-biting horse race just because Hillary is so unpopular. Yeah. And even the Democrats hate her. I I don't know that it's going to be a blowout. I, so much more money and so much more infrastructure. I feel like she's right. in a you know she's in a plane with a broken wing, and she's just she's just trying to land. And Trump is just barrel rolling around her, and he's in a death spile. But she knows that they could still <laughs> collide and blow up. This is a sort of in mind. Why'd the wing go out? Where's the left phalange crap? And Trump's just like, I've got it for you, bitch. Ah! <laughs> That's how I pictured it in my head. You know, like that's she, gonna be made into a gift. Yeah, I can't yes. wait to see that in, in a gift. I feel like she's just sitting there like in Rocky Three and Trump's just going to the body and she's trying to run out the clock. Like it really is she should be 
way further ahead, considering the scandals, considering the media running interference. So I do think that is a big. I think it's been very exposing for a lot of people. I mean, he should be way further ahead. When he no, no, I'm saying she should be way further ahead against him. Hmm. You know, anyone else probably would be like a Barack Obama. Oh yeah, be yeah, close. yeah, yeah. And then he should be way further ahead if he were anybody else. Is my point? Yes, yes. So if either one of them were anybody else, they would yeah. win. Is Can my you point. imagine Carly Fiorina? How how she would have handled Hillary? Yeah, I mean, I it just breaks your heart because it would have been a spanking, and it not even a pornographic spanking. I mean, you would have to look at it and go, "Holy crap, this is almost embarrassing," but it's so fun. Yeah, it's it's yeah. I was really, last I talk- night Trump's line about you've been in office for thirty years. Why haven't you done any of this stuff? That was pretty good. I. I thought I was pretty good. What were you saying, Jay? I still find her, when I talk to people about her and bring her up, like, man, if only that... A lot of people have wrote her off pretty early, early I think. And I think that's why she she, she squandered so fast. She well, if the Carly Fiorina who enough. showed up to the first debate and blew it out right after she uh-huh. walked off our interview and on stage, if that Carly Fiorina, who wasn't surrounded by her handlers with, with you know, this, this, okay, this manufactured sort of, this is how... She was fantastic, and then she scaled it back. And we've always said she ran her campaign as a contender, and then she brought in um, championship coaches, and they treated her like a champion as opposed to a contender. So if that Fiorina came in hungry, it wouldn't be close. Um, okay, well, since you're since you're you're here, woman, uh, Madonna. What's the story with Madonna? We talked about Amy Schumer earlier. So Madonna was with Amy Schumer. Yeah. So she was opening for Amy Schumer's show, and jeez, that's, uh, that's embarrassing. That's yeah, it's low. <laughs> right. Okay. So, you know, you're opening for someone gross, and I guess she's, you have to be She's gross, really going but... downhill. Yeah. <laughs> so she's on video. Foreshadow. She, Madonna offered to perform some sex acts on the audience, the whole audience. Male, the BJ, female, she offered to. Yeah. She offered to blow the whole audience if they voted for Hillary. Um, I don't see how it's a win for anybody. I, neither Maybe do I. Madonna. Herself. Well, maybe the manufacturers of penicillin can make a killing. <laughs> That's also fair. So this is what happens. So this this is Madonna and Amy Schumer, the feminists who call Donald Trump sexist. Right. I'm with her, and then they offer to uh, they offer blowjobs. Get jobs. down on their knees and put their mouths on other people's peepees. <laughs> Why don't you get on your knees and tell me you love me? <laughs> And she, she got even folks. grosser about it. She's like, oh, I'm really good, and I make lots of eye contact. and Ugh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, even when I was uh. writing even HuffPo, I went to HuffPo. I was like, what, is, what are they saying about it? Because they'll defend just about anything. And, <laughs> 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 no standards. Like, Look, we don't want to bring down Madonna here. That's not our aim. But, you know, she's not. Kind of gross. That was pretty gross. I don't know. This is not, I know her... Uh, I know her parents, where they are up north, they have a winery uh, in Michigan next to my uncle, who has a cidery. Um, fantastic cider, Sutton's Bay Ciders, if ever you're out, this beautiful, amazing cider. And I think they even had a Trump sign that got vandalized, but they're voting for Trump. Yeah, Madonna, by the way, is from, uh, she's, like, she's from Flint. So the British accent, in case you didn't know, not genuine. But um, I wonder where she- I'm thinking I, a lot of things with Madonna right now aren't genuine. This is, well, I, don't, I haven't even looked at her in a while. I wouldn't recommend it. Looking <laughs> at her on no. a full stomach, it's not good. Speaking of full stomach, Amy Schumer at that same event uh, yeah. berated her audience. We've talked about what did you think? 
we've been talking. It's not that it's not that it triggers any concern. It's nothing like that. It's that a lot of people paid to go be entertained. Think about this. Madonna or Amy Schumer, you have probably tens yeah. of thousands of people. They're looking to hear Madonna's greatest hits, right? Middle Americans. They're looking to hear Amy Schumer tell some jokes. They're spending a few hundred dollars per ticket, and they show up, and half the show is berating them for not voting the same way they do. That's the issue, the arrogance and the hypocrisy of feminism, isn't it? Uh, liberalism, because it's the same thing with the NFL and the anthem protests. When people turn on entertainment, they want to be entertained. They want to get away from politics. They want to get away from the news. They just want to see Amy Schumer tell some jokes. They just want to see someone who throw a, a pass to get a, a touchdown. They don't want to see politics all the time. And Do you find Amy Schumer funny? She used to be really funny. I mean, there are some times where she's pretty funny, but yeah. uh, it, gets, it just gets to be a little girl old. humor. Yeah, it gets yeah, to be a little I old. Don't, I don't like vagina jokes. I don't like gross jokes. She's told some pretty nasty jokes. Right. Like that's not funny. I think anytime when you go into the gutter and you get sexual, you're unoriginal and you're a hack. Well, if you do, you can do it right. But here's like what's funny is like, you just actually touched on something. Vaginas. Most people are fans. Jokes. But you combine them and it just doesn't it doesn't work. It's like orange juice and gin. It's sour. One sour is the tooth, other. Toothpaste. It's <laughs> just not funny. What? I don't know. They're not funny. I think the problem is that what celebrities need to understand and just just accept is that when they go political, even when they are go they go, they go back to being funny, like Amy Schumer can do. Sure. It taints it all. And for some people, it's a real turnoff. So they need to, if that's fine, it's the right to do, but they need to understand that it's going to write off a huge part of their audience because people are, it's going to taint everything they well, do. In, in that video, she was like, before someone got shot in my, in the theater of, of Trainwreck, I had never even known about gun control. So she's admitting that she's completely ignorant. Now, if you go to a Dennis Miller show or you go to a Bill Maher show, or I'm trying to pick two sides of the spectrum, you know what you're getting. Uh -huh. You've signed up for mm -hmm. it. But a lot of people who watch Amy Schumer probably aren't super far left. They're probably not social justice warrior feminists for sure. They just like to hear, you know, the kind of portly chick tell the vagina jokes. Some people do like that. And when they show up, and this is someone who knows nothing about politics, who feels it's her job to now sermonize, that's the issue. It, it, mm -hmm. They can do it, but don't be offended when people react. And I don't have as much problem with, like, when like uh, Gaffigan came out with the video. He's not thrusting that down people's throats at a stand-up show at, at, a, at a stand -up show it's a video he put it out i don't have as much problem with it it's still annoying and with celebrity and, videos with celebrity videos um his was pretty balanced i think for the, for the most part yeah, i thought it was but, good um, you saw that one courtney jim gaffigan talking about uh you know listening to trump voters and not just calling them morons and actually hearing them out he's like even if i'm a democrat you know they like i'll get like if i say i watch fox news people act like i killed somebody and it's like of course i want to hear differing opinions right you did a video on that but that's not allowed you're not allowed to listen to different opinions right you're, you're only supposed to listen to the leftist opinion and if you sway from that you're targeted well doesn't this kind of send a thing about with madonna what she's basically sending as a message to young girls is to get what you want use your body cavities well and amy schumer's kind of done the same it's true Fat chick's got to go fishing with dynamite. <laughs> Amy Schumer used to be normal size, too. I don't... Oh, well, you know what happened is she got a personal alcohol. trainer, and she got in shape for train wreck, right? It was her big thing. She's like, I'm going to be in shape. And then afterwards, she couldn't keep it up, and she just decided, like, this is just this is just who I am. It's like, no, no, no. You're just not doing it anymore. We know what you mm. could do because we've seen it. When I when I was on her with Fox News, she just, you know, she kind of looked like Amanda Bynes's, um more unfortunate looking sister. And now 
you, I mean, that's See, a I didn't change. even think she was bad looking. She was a nice looking woman when she was in shape. I, I didn't think there was anything unfortunate about her at all. It could have been the flies and that she smelled like sulfur. She's demonic. Um, she it was it was yeah she was a she was just, she was not a very nice person. I've talked about no. this like she was not, and I've she was right away on the attack. And I think people now if people watch that debate, you know, I'd written a column about people who wait until they're married, and a lot of people go, oh, no one does that. Well, actually, a lot of people do that. A lot of people do that. Yeah, including yourself, including myself. Yep. And so I wrote about it, and she was so offended and so triggered. She was so mad. She felt. She said she felt judged. And um, I think now people kind of understand, even if they're not on board with that, most people aren't You know, Christians. Most people don't believe in that view of marriage. But they are on board with, why are you so triggered by a different worldview on a column? that you don't, you don't even have to read, and that's shifted quite a bit. So do you think culturally, like, it's, a lot of women are in your boat were like, I want strong women, but I don't want to give people a VJ to, to BJ to buy some votes? There's a rejection on feminism, that's for sure. There are a lot of women who are my age. I've talked to them. They love the idea of gender roles, men working, women staying at home. They're like, yeah, mm -hmm. sign me up. Where do I? Where's the dotted line? Let me sign. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think... What Madonna said and some of the things Amy Schumer said sets women back yeah. because they're, they're saying, you know, rather than talking about Hillary's character or her qualifications, they Madonna and I'm sure she was joking, but it was so off color and so disgusting. It wasn't funny, and she's yeah. She's Except they'll telling, get mad at Trump for locker room talk, or they'll get mad at someone else. Yeah. Like, but nothing they say is worse than what you say or what you do. What the liberals do and say is way worse than what the Republicans. I mean, even if we, if we're going to compare Hillary to Trump on the the locker room talk, which it wasn't, but <clears throat> you got one guy who's saying he's kissing women against their will, essentially, and Hillary who's covering up her husband's rapes. So right. even allegedly. on that scale, allegedly, allegedly, so even on that scale, one is worse than the other. Little bit, little bit, I would say. Uh, I would say worse. It's still gross. Yeah. What what Trump said. It's still gross. Well, you know, Amy Schumer now isn't isn't it kind of crazy how Lena Dunham, Amy Schumer? I think every single female comedian or star has been raped now. I mean, what are the odds? I'm not saying it's not true, but what are the odds that all of them have been raped? You know? Well, it depends on and, how you define rape. Well, and none of them have ever pressed charges. And none of them have ever provided any evidence. Every single right. one of them has a rape story that they all that they subsequently used to sell books. Have you noticed that? The second they go on a book tour, Amy Schumer all of a sudden is, I needed to be brave and come out with my rape story. Uh, well, Lena but I've, Dunham. Heard, I've heard Amy Schumer do a skit on rape. And she described it as like not being you're out for a run and somebody takes you from behind and takes you into the park and rapes you. But... Um, saying like, haven't all of us women been like a little bit raped? You know, like, yeah, I'm like, no, -uh. no, no, no. You, you, <laughs> rape is very clear, and but how the feminists are defining it nowadays is, I had sex with somebody, and I don't know, I was conflicted about it, and the next day I started to regret it, and I see him now, now that I'm not drunk, and he looks like a bridge troll. You, you can't. That's not right. Well, the same. That's I would probably feel system. quite the same way about Lena Dunham or Amy Schumer. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, at that point, it's like Jared said, it's a lose lose. And isn't it at that point that one of the biggest ironies is that they they've done this, they've pushed it for so long. That's why the Trump tapes weren't that big a deal because people are going like, yeah, but you say everything is rape, and so it's kind of like Trump's a racist. Right. Yeah, but you said McCain and Romney and Bush were racist, so it's we don't care. It's crying wolf. 
Right. It's crying wolf. So when you say everything is rape, when you say everything is racist, when you come out and say, oh, this person said a racist rape thing, like, was it? Or was it? Or was it rape? Yeah. Or was it racism? Because you're not really consistent on the definition of those Though terms. Though I did have to shelf my stand-up bit about the man raping women solely because he was black. Apparently that was too much. Uh, at Courtney Scoffs, thank you very much. You must go back to work. We'll wrap this up in a nice bow for you. Stay tuned, or we'll choke you with it. Hey, Crowderheads, if you're listening to this on iTunes or SoundCloud, or maybe on the YouTube live stream, because that's a thing now, you're missing so much content at louderwithcrowder.com. That's actually the bulk of what me and my glorious team, not Gay Jared notwithstanding, do on a daily basis, anywhere from four to 10 articles a day with commentary, videos, GIFs, images, and it's all free. So if you want to be up to date on the news and entertained, just add louderwithcrowder.com to your RSS feed. Go check it every day. It's free. You get to support the site, and then, you know, maybe we'll give you some free stuff. I don't know. Maybe free college. What are they promising? Free college? Healthcare? I don't know. They're promising, well, we'll give you that. Just, just bookmark it, and we'll give it to you. That's a promise. Glad to be back. We were underwater there for a second. We were underwater. underwater. People don't realize what you can do with studios these days. They don't know what you can do with a studio. No. No idea. It's like oh, Houdini. Concept. Only hopefully I don't get hit in the oak plank. Uh, a little known fact for people who know how Houdini died. Courtney Kirchhoff, that was her. <laughs> that was her. <laughs> that was her. A couple of things. Uh, so we just put up a poll. Who do you? What do you think was Donald Trump's best performance in the debate? And over a thousand votes. Uh, 35% said second, 34% said third, almost no one said first, 28% said rigged ball is rigged. I got to stop skewing those results. You do. One day you'll learn. Yeah, I got to stop skewing. So most people thought the second. Mm, That's a little bit uh, curious. Was his best? Yeah. I thought the second was better than the first. I thought his third was better than the second. Um, Something else too. Someone said, why would you say we need healing? The the, the nation is like, it's not some hippie stuff. Does the Republican Party... The conservative movement need healing after this? Absolutely. Absolutely. Particularly if Donald Trump loses. Come on. Stop with the burn it down anti-establishment. Do you really want to give Hillary Clinton House, Senate, Supreme Court? You want to give that over to the Democrats because you think someone's a rhino? Yeah, I think the Republican Party needs to get its crap together. I think they need to, 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 to regroup. And one thing you can say about the Democrats, they're unprincipled people, absolutely, so it's easier for, for them to lead people. But they don't allow people to hijack their party and, and fracture it. When it, rain or shine come election, they hold hands, they sing the Whoville song, and they're all on board together. Even Bernie Sanders. It's a fantastic song. The Grinch is committing theft! It has the unity effect on me, too, on my it worst does. days. It does. 
Jared's heart grew three sizes that day. Really, he has he has it's a, a sincere, pulmonary it's, problem. It's a real medical problem. It's a real medical problem. Uh, he has an arrhythmic heartbeat. Um, yeah, I think the Republican Party needs to get it together. I think, and I, you know what? I'll say this. I was wrong about that. I was wrong. I thought, ah, vote them all out. Nah, you know what? I still want, even though I make fun of them, I still would rather have Kasich and Rubio in there than the alternatives, even though I think they're not super conservative. I'm at that point now because we do not want to lose everything. And I think Republicans need to understand that, the, the, not just Trump, that uh, you don't want to give everything over to the Democrats. Something I wanted to talk about. Uh, we were talking about this earlier. People say, oh, failure is not an option. We talk about these platitudes. Well, failure is always an option. You need to accept that. There's nothing wrong with that. And something that you see a lot with these elections, I've heard it with Donald Trump. I've heard it with Hillary Clinton. And it's something you hear a lot with these self-help gurus. And it's, it's actually self-destructive. Say, oh, you know, Donald Trump's going to reach, dig down deep, and he just pulled it out of him. He just found it. Or Hillary Clinton was able to b- dig deep and, wow, sh- stuff she never knew she had. She pulled it off. That doesn't happen. A lot of people think, because you see this in the films, there's a, some dig deep moment. You never knew you could do this, and boom, it happens. It doesn't. My dad set the school pull-up record. This is actually going to be more uplifting than you think on the initial outset. He set the a school pull-up record in junior high. And I think he'd done 13 or 14, whatever. You know, he was 12 years old. And the doctor, the doctor, sorry, the coach, not exactly a doctor. The coach said, all right, you got one more. Well, he was dead hanging. My dad laughed. Of course he didn't. Of course he didn't have one more. That's it. He couldn't dig deep. It doesn't matter how much you try to inspire this person. He can't do it. So let me, let me bring up. Now, there is something if you've never been tested where you can fool yourself into thinking you're done and then realize that you have more inside of you. For example, uh, when I started grappling, Brazilian, I would I would submit or I, people usually tend to tap out, submit. All right, I'm done when you get suffocated by someone on top of you. You're not in any real danger, but you can't breathe. It's like being waterboarded. You're suffocated. And so you tap. Now, you didn't dig in and find some superhuman strength after that. You just realized, oh, my gosh, I chose to give up there. That was my choice. I don't have to do that going forward. Contrast that with I one time. I do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I'm just using this as a parallel. And I was rolling with a guy named Lucas Leche. He's a world champion. High, high, high level. It would be like not quite Michael Jordan, maybe Charles Barkley of uh, submission wrestling. And he just treated me like I was a child. And I'm pretty good. Tapped me 10 times in maybe three minutes. Same thing I've rolled with Marcelo. These are world, world-class grapplers. Guess what? Someone could say, reach in deep. Find it inside of you. No, there is no dig deep moment for me. You want to know why? You want to know what the dig deep moment is? And I accept it because I'm a hobbyist. These people do it professionally, so it doesn't hurt my ego. The dig deep moment is Lucas Leche has been doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu every single day, eight hours a day for 10 years like it's his job. Do you know what his dig deep moment was? The preparation. So that when it comes to the day of the game, it's not about digging deep. It's not about finding it in you. It's about using your preparation. So when people try to act like this, they expect to see some kind of a, a, you know, some pullout miracle from Donald Trump, from Hillary Clinton, from whoever your candidate is. That's not going to happen. Because the dig deep moment is the preparation. The dig deep moment for someone like Donald Trump is preparing for the debate, sitting down with consultants, learning about foreign policy, uh, doing opposition research, sitting down, going to bed early, not making, uh, uh, you know, not making more campaign stuff than he needs to, pacing himself, things that Hillary Clinton has done. She's very skilled with that. The dig deep, the I didn't know, it, is, is, it, it all occurs in training. It all occurs in the preparation. And so it makes a better story when people try and act as though someone who had no business winning, it just happened because there was some miracle and he heard the right music or he got a surge of inner strength. No, 
And if it does happen, it's simply a facade and you're fooling yourself. What you're actually experiencing is the years of hard work, the years of preparation that you've done, uh, the culmination of that in one moment. So I'm not saying it to sound depressing. What I'm saying is right now, every day is your dig deep moment. Every day is that just pull it out of you. It's not going to happen when you're hanging from the bar to dead hang, dead hang pull up and you can only do 13 and the, some, uh, dig deep 14 and like the Grinch picking up the sleigh. Oh, a miracle. No, your dig deep moment is today is to learn how to do 14, 15, 16 pull ups. So that when that competition comes, when that moment comes, you're ready for your overnight success. You're ready for your dig deep moment. And I don't know why people, I think it sells more books, but you're digging deep, you're pushing yourself to the limits. That doesn't happen when you're on stage. It doesn't happen when you walk into the exam room. It happens long before it, every single day. So whatever you need to do to get yourself to dig deep, to find that inner strength and pull it out of you, do it now. Don't expect it to happen on the day. And don't expect your politicians to do it. What they're doing every day is what counts. See you next week.